Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. to believe in me and i want people to believe me when they chase my beer that's what it's about you mean you laid underneath it and tried to put his Absolutely. tongue up the bung <laughs> i like to actually scoop up the yeast uh-huh. and look at it seven o'clock came real early that next morning oh, yeah man thanks for dumbing that down for us you did an awesome job it's all about food and you beer punch me in the junk man that thing was thick the point is just beat it like it's your dick i like to smell it <laughs> afterwards are you being sarcastic no right now? Yeah. bring your body armor i ran in my jungle once on a ball valve on a kettle <laughs> That's a true happy ending. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the program. It's another great session here from Pacheco, where the sun is warmer than where it is. Wherever you, you are. are. Yeah. There. It's warmer here. 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 There. Right here. It's really, really warm here, but not in the new BN studio, where it's only no. slightly warm. <laughs> <laughs> slightly warmer. Slightly warmer. Welcome to the program, everybody. A lot of things to do today, as always. We've got a good show planned for you. Thank you uh, to Shat, the producer, who's uh, just done a wonderful job, as always. Shat. Thank you, Shat. Good job, Shat. That's where you talk, Shat. I don't think it's God damn it, Chad. What I tell you before the show, Chad? <laughs> I take it all back. Chad sucks. <laughs> yeah. Thank you and good night, please. <laughs> Chad and Tasty just got back from the Northern California Homebrew uh, Festival, and uh, uh, did the, you guys get married up us, there? What's left of us is no. here. I mean, uh, we left some of us back there on the hill. I haven't been in two years now. No. Uh, I didn't go last year because of dead people, and I didn't go this year because I didn't want to go. Uh, <laughs> Good reason for both. Yeah. You were missed. Oh, Honest. Okay. I wanted to go to Sean Paxton's dinner. I'll tell you that. That's worthwhile, for sure. And I wanted to go and drink some of the homebrew there. I like the Saturday festival part. Um, but the rest of it is uh, it's draining. I could see it on your faces. The how, <laughs> it's how I would have felt had I gone. Um, so how, how was it? Is it is it worth the way you look and feel right now? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I go again every. Yeah. yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. had a lot of fun. You didn't go last year either, did you? No, Shad? so you nope. skipped a year. And how was the BN Army presence there? It was uh, substantial. Yeah, yeah, and they're very dedicated too. So it was pretty cool running into. Them. 
Now, by substantial, you don't mean you two jumbo guys wandering around. No, you no, mean there were others. Others, yes. yes <laughs> cool. Exactly. And how was Paxton's uh, famed NCHF dinner? It sucked. <laughs> no, it's really good. It's usual. It's like it starts at 7 and it's over at 10. Yeah, yeah. Chad and I, uh, we, the dessert course was coming up and we just, I don't know, somebody called us from the campground and we needed to get over there. So we had to skip the last course. and uh, To go have a meeting? Yeah, 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 meeting. Unless there was a donkey show. I don't think you walk <laughs> out of Paxton's dessert. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, he called know. us out on that the next day. Or he least, did? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Did he see you guys oh, yeah, leaving? yeah, we were sitting in the front row. Uh, I think we might have VIP seating or something. I, don't I know. see. Yeah. He probably, probably had a webcam on you. We probably had extra large portions for you guys. Like. <laughs> oh. Bigger double desserts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you on the tasty What was cam? that? It was some sort of hop ice cream, uh, holler towel ice cream, I think we missed. Really? Oh, yeah. man. Wow. Sorry. Sounds good. Can't even tell you about it. Yeah. What was on the... On the, on the, what was on the <laughs> I have nothing to say about it. <laughs> Just the, but I read off the menu. Yes. Apple strudel and what was it? Hop ice cream or something. Oh, like man. Yeah. You guys, you brought your own dessert anyway. Let's face it. Each other. <laughs> <laughs> What about the main meal? <laughs> what did you guys get in, in into there? We had, All kinds uh, of we stuff. had several meat on, uh, entrees. So he had like uh, a couple different sausages. Yeah. Uh, what was the other thing? The, uh, he makes those sausages by hand, doesn't he? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Him and his volunteers, yes. Which right. One of which was you this year, Tasty. Oh, uh, Chad right. volunteered. Yeah. We did that last year, too. This is two years in a row. Went up there and uh, played with his sausage. <laughs> yeah, how do you approach <laughs> that? Uh, inviting a bunch of dudes over to your house to uh, play with your sausage. Yeah. Stuffed sausage party? Pretty easily. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, then yeah. he had two other guys uh, that hadn't done it last year there, and I thought, oh, this is really going to be like a... They were new guys. I'm going to find out what the real deal is. I see. Yeah, no, but they were straight up. How was their technique? It was yeah. good. They didn't really know how to handle the sausage. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> what about uh, beers that got paired? Because he always gets beers donated for that. Yeah, that... Anything again, went uh, really well. A lot of them included into the dish itself, so that, you know, they, right. uh, you can pick it out of the... Out of the uh, Sauce or whatever. Pretty nice. That's cool. Peter Hoey was there, so he had yeah. a beer in the, the dinner. From Sack Brewing. From Sack Brewing. And um, he's got some cool projects coming up that uh, I'm sure we'll hear about soon. And uh, yeah, it was just great company for that night. Sully was there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know who else was there. That was pretty much it. Oh, Don Barclay from um, yeah. Napa Smith. Cool. He was there. And yeah, uh, yeah it was a good yeah. time Friday night. Saw Jamil uh, tweeting about oh. some of the beers. That were being paired. He was there with you guys, right? What did mm-hmm. he have to say? Yeah. Uh, just talking about a lot of good beers. Oh. Talked about uh, Peter Hoey's beers from Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think the one that one that he mentioned from him possibly was a Berliner Weiss style beer. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'm just trying to remember. I was I was kind of drunk while I was getting his tweets. I just found it interesting um, that he talked about each beer, you know, with the meals. So that was good. It's pretty random that Jamil would be, you know, camping and then and, and tweeting. He doesn't seem like a Tweeter. He tweets a lot now. Does I he? think you can go to Mr. Malty over on Twitter, and that's his feed. Uh, he only tweets about uh, beer. So every time he has a beer, he does a little description of it. And you, you really get to understand how often Jamil has a beer. <laughs> you subscribe to his Mr. Malty feed. Because there are some nights, uh, days I should say, where it seems like a friggin' marathon up there in Elk Grove. Uh, you start getting tweets at 10 a.m., and they, they stop around 11, 12 at night. <laughs> so uh, sometimes that guy really likes to uh, sample beers. and um, But he does send out very just brief, uh, insightful tweets about the, the beer he's drinking. Sometimes I tell him, you know, you ought to work for some of these companies. Like tweets about Firestone, I, like two-thirds of his tweets, I think, are Firestone Walker beers. I think he really likes their beer. 
And I told him, hey, like, I'm, I'm a fan too, but you know, you're going to tweet that much about one company. <laughs> yeah, come on now. <laughs> you got to you know, start charging. Yeah, he was a professional tweeter. Yeah, maybe he's getting a yeah. couple yeah. bucks extra on the yeah, side. At least there. get on the delivery route you know, for Firestone. Yeah. Professional tweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this fell off the truck. Mr. Malty. Right yes. here in Elk Grove. We love your tweets. <laughs> right. Yeah, this uh, fully packed cooler with ice and everything fell off the truck. Well, I can't find him on Facebook. No. Or Twitter or whatever. Twitter.com slash Mr. Malty. Didn't come up. Just use the actual URL instead of a search. You might find it that way. Uh, anyway, you can find out uh, more about oh. uh, us and Jamil at Twitter.com slash Brewing Network. Uh, you can go over to our page. Uh, a lot of different things happening over there. Uh, maybe we'll get some photos posted there soon. Did you guys take any photos at NCHF? Uh, no, but there were plenty of people taking them, so yeah. we'll get some pictures. We'll send them along. There are all kinds of cameras there. Chad outsourced the photo. I love it. Come yeah. on. I love it. What the I have no take problem with any of you outsourcing. Yeah. Every, you can yeah. outsource it all. I'm serious. You really want to see our pictures? Yeah, outsource all responsibilities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be like pictures of Chad and Tacey's nuts. Yeah, pretty much. Did you guys share a tent? This year? Did you guys well, have we a... were neighbors, though. You were? Which intense is like being in the same tent. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We're in the more beer tent. <laughs> exactly. You hear everything you have. God damn it, Tazy, I can smell it in my tent. <laughs> more beer kind of took over the top, so we joined them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Who uh, who went up for more beer this year? Because Chris Graham's out of the country. Yeah, uh, Randy the Mexican. Uh, oh, good. Ryan. Uh, yeah, Jesse was there. Okay. Um, yeah, it was a good turnout. I really want... Tasty and chat to go camping and share a two man tent. You know, one man. it's yeah, possible. A frame, share a one man tent. Tasty, move over. I can't, Chad. I'm already uh, busting the seams out here. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't work. You got stupid. the you got the pillow last night. I'm getting the pillow this tonight. I am the pillow tonight. <laughs> no. Nothing like that, that. wouldn't work. I think I need like four pillows of my own, so you know. <laughs> to cover up Shet's snoring, yeah. I think. Well, uh, yeah. Well, oh, uh, uh, you want to hear a story about that? Yeah, McDole's a snorer. Yeah, okay, that's no shit. So I heard nicknames like Urban Bear. They were calling him <laughs> uh, Urban Bear. He's the Paul Bunyan <laughs> of believe, sleeping. You wouldn't believe yeah. how quiet campground is at night, except yeah. for that one guy that's snoring real loud, yeah. echoing among the trees. I told everybody it was a guy in Chad and Chad's tent, so that. Uh, <laughs> To defer some of the. Uh, I don't know. Tasty. What was that you? No, I don't know. It came from behind yeah. me. That <laughs> shit yeah. was weird. Now, it's funny because our neighbor came over, you know, some guy we don't know. And uh, first time Shut there, the fuck yeah, up! Dude, he, he's, like, he's like, man, is he okay? <laughs> like, I, I think I heard him all night. Wow. I'm like, oh, you missed the uh, handing out of earplugs, I guess. Yeah, he wasn't there for the He's like, he was? Really. He was handing them out? Yeah. Oh. It's a neighborly thing to do. Now, is it? Is it just that it. Is it just that it's constant, or is it is the decibel? Oh yeah, it's, it's serious. really loud. It's serious. <laughs> hey, he comes prepared. He brings earplugs. Yeah, I mean, he does a neighborly thing. Enough for the whole camp, but yeah, you know, I don't go out that far. Just <laughs> right. the immediate radius minus that one guy who, who, <laughs> who missed the. I'm surprised he didn't throw something at the tent. Always thoughtful, tasty, bringing earplugs for the rest <laughs> of us. <laughs> Seriously, the woods camped out across the way. Yeah, they were man, they're loud. The they were uh, yeah, going uh, at it. Huh? You heard some stuff there. coming out of their tent too, huh? Really? Like some beatings or something? Yeah. Are we talking about a fight? Or, uh, I can't take a weekend oh, wow. off. I don't know what to do with that. So, what, was he stabbing her? Or uh, was there... <laughs> 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 not a we don't know what's going details. on. Yeah. <laughs> See? Oh. He was, it's better he was prodding her with his 22-ounce bottle. 
Sounds like we should high-five Andy next time we see him. I think so. Who makes more noise, uh, Andy or Kim? <laughs> Hard, to tell. Hard to tell who's who. <laughs> really? Oh. <laughs> They're both kind of high-pitched. Hit me! No, you hit me! No, you hit me! Oh, God! <laughs> I love it. That would be great if you can't tell which is which. It's fantastic. Double wood in the woods. We're going to have to go camp out at the woods house, I think, JP. Uh, it's not stalking if we bring a tent. They it's, demand us to go there at some point. They do? Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, what's up with the phones? Bug wants me to answer the phone. He's demanding that I answer the phone. But uh, Yeah, we don't have a phone screener today. Bevo is off uh, on another goddamn vacation. Girl takes more vacations than people who don't have jobs. Like, she takes more vacations than Chad. <laughs> that can't be. And uh, so, yeah, she, her and uh, Sammy are off at Yosemite, so we don't have a, a phone screener today. JP's going to do his best to moderate the chat room. Yes. Although you know how involved in the discussions JP tends to get, and so he, I'm sure that multitasking of, of helping Nathan with his dry-hopping discussion today and <laughs> reading your comments is going to be difficult. So. Well, you know, I really appreciate uh, that because I think I do a pretty good job. And yeah. It's nice to get noticed. But <laughs> Absolutely. I just want everyone to know what a great job multitasking you do. Thank you. So, JP will be in there taking your questions. You can still ask that way. I do have Skype up and running. I will attempt to, uh, you know, look at it and answer it when I can't. Uh, but no guarantees, and I don't like taking phone calls. We don't have a screener anyway, and, and that's your fault, not mine. You call in in the middle of a dry hopping discussion to talk about your new, uh, you know, Euro style bikini uh, underwear. Uh, it's just <laughs> random discussions end up happening, and and after all, this is a beer show, guys. Yeah. Oh, so I thought we didn't do that anymore. That's why I came out today. <laughs> all right, that's why Nathan's with us. He's like, you don't do beer anymore. I'm in. Uh, so, yeah, just, you know, if you want to use Skype, I'll do my best. Otherwise, just uh, talk to JP through the chat room. The studio cam is up and running, though. You can go to justin.tv slash brewing network and check that out. Uh, it's probably pointing right at uh, Mr. Nathan Smith's uh, beautiful, smiling face. Right yeah, yeah. Mm. And, check uh, my teeth. Anything in them? <clears throat> now, it was my birthday last night, and uh, Nathan came out to hang out with us. Yeah, uh, cool. JP was out. Yeah, uh, rare sighting. Did it was little... weird. I don't know. He must. Uh, he must. He must really like me. He went all the way to San Francisco. JP. Well, it was hot. Wow, out here. I see. It wasn't that hot out there. So JP was, was like... even socializing a bit. That was a. Uh... Yeah, maybe a shocker. He didn't for the just show up. Yeah, he yeah. spoke. He was to actually people. talking to people. I well, saw it. I well, witnessed it. Well, I talked to people that I knew. I don't know if you if you noticed, but like the <laughs> three people I didn't know there, I didn't say hi to because I right. Um, Did you make eye contact? Um, it took me a while, like at dinner for Miguel and whatever her name was. But yeah. then that other dude joined us at La Tra. Yeah, and um, I had no idea until uh, someone forced the issue, and I was like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" Yeah, and then I immediately turned back to uh, Nathan and he kept talking about nonsense. Got it. So. We had good beer at La Trappe. It's a nice Belgian place there in San mm-hmm. Francisco. And we met a dude there who had just come back from Berlin. Uh, he's, he's a chef for La Trappe on occasion. Um, and he was in Berlin, and he brought us back some... Uh, well, he didn't bring it back for us, but he shared it with us. He brought back a lot of bottles of uh, a Berlin Pilsner. You know, local Berlin, a northern German, northern German Pilsner. I'm a little hungover. You're gonna have to bear with me today. And um, he shared it with us to the different kinds. It was really fresh. He brought it back in the plane, so no oxidation issues, and uh, some really, really good stuff. Fantastic. Uh, Very perfumey. Really perfumey. Saws like perfumey. Yeah. Yeah, and a strong, a pretty. I don't know if this is a good description, but a, like a crisp and strong bitterness. I yes, mean, that was pr- sure. they were pretty bitter. 
You know, a lot more bitter than our um, Pilsners. Yeah. Even our craft. I mean, I'm talking about our craft beer. In fact, I'm drinking a Lagunitas Pilsner right now. Well more bitter than this Czech-style um, pills from Lagunitas. That, that, that northern German Pilsner style is, is just... A, Tends to have a really solid yeah. bitterness with the higher <laughs> mineral content. The water really helps okay. drag that out, too. It's kind of interesting. I loved it. Yeah, it was fantastic. Just a really good uh, profile. And then he gave us sort of their... You know, forty-seven cent a bottle uh, edition of a northern German pills, and uh, you know what? That was pretty goddamn good, that was too. good too. You could taste the difference. He said it was basically their chip, their cheap stuff. You know, it was their old English. It was their, uh, you know, <laughs> that's when you're on the cheap and you're drinking all day. This is what you buy. And you could tell the difference in quality. Um, I think in the in the the malt backbone was a little thinner and and cornier. Um, but still a pretty decent beer. I mean, I'd take yeah. it over almost any of our lagers. Sure, cheap German beer tends to be oh. quite nice, <laughs> yeah. regardless. He had another beer with him, too. I didn't get a chance to try it, but Nicole had had a taste. It was with uh, a similar northern German-style pills, but it had pine oil or pine tar? Pine tar, tar he pine said. Pine tar, yeah. I did, I'm curious what that was like. She said it was actually pretty good. I tried it. What do you I, think? It didn't taste no any different than any of the rest. No. Yeah. Uh and I was trying to ask him why there was pine tar in it, and I don't think we were speaking the same language. <laughs> because, oh, because airplanes are flying. Yeah, because oh, he didn't only fine. not answer the question, he didn't even really address the question. I don't, I don't know He was still in Germany? There. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, I did taste the beer, and his, his whole description of it is, you know, it's a regular northern German pills, but this particular brewery adds pine tar to it. And, and I couldn't taste it. I'm not positive I know what pine tar tastes like anyway, but I think I would be able to pick it out in something clean like a Pilsner. It sounds like something very pungent. I mean, you just think about pine tar or pine salt or something like that. Yeah, I couldn't pick anything out. It was still just a good uh, Pils to me. Yeah. So that was fun. And then you missed uh, the Toronado, JP, I'm sure. Oh, I'm weeping over that. I got thrown out at the end of the night. No. Did you? What? Well, that well, sounds good. Did you ask for change or something or smile too much? <laughs> well, no, they I were hope closed. That place burns to the ground. It was last call, but I knew one of the bartenders and I knew the door guy, so I wasn't too worried about it. I had a couple beers in front of me that people bought me at last call, so it was kind of like I was trying to drink those. Plus, I had been drinking all night, so I was real chatty. I was having a nice sure. conversation. And uh, but, lo and behold, the entire room had emptied except for like four of us, you know. <laughs> And we're right by the door. And finally, I just hear the guy, the bartender I don't know, just yell across the room. Stop talking. Shut up. Get out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's probably talking to me because I, I don't think there's anybody else here. <laughs> so sort of got thrown out. Good. I don't feel bad about it, though. No. Yeah, you should. It's your birthday. Yeah. You're supposed to get thrown out. F that guy. Something. I hope it took him a while to get home, too. <laughs> I don't. I really didn't. Usually, I do feel bad about that stuff. You should have poured the beer out all on the floor and all yeah. across the clean pile of glasses yeah. and then looked oh. at him and took a shit on him. <laughs> I hate You that love place. that place, JP. Yeah. You don't shit. I'm going to burn it down. Uh, it was also Code's birthday. Ah, Code oh. writing fool. Yes. Happy birthday, Code. Yes. That's right. Uh, I think we share the same birthday every year. He goes, uh, you know, I share a, I share a birthday. Amazing. Weird. I share a birthday with Justin, too. Not yeah. that anybody cares. And then he logged out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Whoa. A little hurt. Uh, I, think, I think it was a coincidence. but uh, Yeah, I'm not sure funny, if our so. birthday was the same the year before, but it definitely was the same last year. And I guess it was the same this year. 
Well, the calendar, the leap year, and all that kind of shit. Yeah, he uses a different calendar than I do. So yeah, he's on the. I don't know. <clears throat> Happy birthday code. A lot of birthdays going on lately. No, only two. Better than death days. Now, Sammy's birthday was last weekend. You no, don't right. know or care or because you didn't show up, uh, which is also why you forgot it in this list. Don't drink the Jägermeister. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I, I wanted to invite that guy out last night, too, <laughs> but I don't have his contact info. Oh, shame. Evo's off in Yosemite. So he'd bring his own beverage, so he'd be sad to be fine. Yeah. Tell him to meet us somewhere else that we're not. Oh, yeah. we changed our mind, but. All right, well, today's show, uh, if you haven't figured it out already, features Nathan Smith, one of our favorite home brewers around. We're going to be talking about dry hopping. Yes. And yep. Basically, what's happened is, you know, Nathan did a great IPA show uh, for us. Uh, God, it was maybe two years ago now? About a year, a little more than a year ago. A little more than a year, all right. Yep. Time flies. We must be having a lot of fun around here. And um, But since then, you've been getting a lot of questions about the dry hopping. Correct. Um, plus, you do a lot of, uh, I don't know if lots, the, the you do a lot of collaborations around here with local breweries where Correct. you're doing IPAs there, too. So you've got yes. a, a pretty uh, hands-on knowledge about this, and you get questions all the time. Right. So I get a lot of questions from the listeners in the past, and uh, dry hopping seems to come up. As far as process questions more than anything else, so I'm going to go okay. over some basics and then get a little more specific on some of the information that we didn't get a chance to cover in the original IPA shows, a little bit of hop chemistry and uh, a little more in-depth knowledge on hop oils for the dry hopping portion. Uh, okay. Should be pretty good. Good. I can tell uh, by Tasty's contribution so far that he's going to be invaluable in this yes. discussion today. Really? Sometimes just being quiet when somebody knows more than you is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shut up, Tasty. I'm going to use that line. Thanks. Just let it go. Write that one down. <laughs> and I would be nice to Tasty coming from beer camp. I can't get too yeah. harsh on him right just now. Wake me up if I fall off. Yeah. <laughs> but you probably learned something from today's show, Tasty. You dry hop a lot of beers. I am a dry hopping mofo. Yes, yeah. definitely. Right. I do yeah, a lot so, of beers. So unlike some of the other IPA-specific dry hop information we had in some of the other shows I've talked about. This will apply to everything from pale ale to American brown ale to American stout. That kind of thing will sort of open up the the realm a little bit. Okay. Great. Other things we're talking about in today's show, we're going to be interviewing a new magazine coming out called Beer Connoisseur Magazine. And I think they're doing their launch at uh, the Great American Beer Festival this year. So if you're going to that, you'll get to meet them there. Um, but they've been in contact with Chad. We thought it was interesting. You know, there's a lot of beer magazines out, so we're always curious when a new one's coming out. We're going to be talking to them on the phone here in the second segment and find out what we can expect from Beer Connoisseur Magazine. And then the only other thing I wanted to mention today, and not necessarily as a, as a whole topic, because I'm just learning about it, I just wanted to, to mention that I've been home coffee roasting lately. And uh, I kind of drink... Uh, I don't know if I drink a lot of coffee, but I have a, a couple cups a day. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, I'm not one of these guys That's who goes to the Starbucks all day long, like at lunch. And at, you know, a lot of people, they drink coffee all throughout the day. And I just, I wake up, I have a couple cups, and I'm done with it. But I like good coffee. And so uh, I thought, you know, uh, Beer Beer More Beer has the whole coffee roasting thing. And I thought, well, listen, it's another do-it-yourself kind of thing. Seems pretty quick and easy. And so I've been giving that a try. Got a little uh, iRoast uh, roaster, I think it is, uh, for more beer there. And uh, I just want to talk about it a little bit. It's pretty inter- It's easy to do. And I'm not going to say yet that my coffee is better than the coffee that I can buy. Because I, I think I've got the roasting part down. I still can buy better coffee than I'm making right now. Well, yeah. But I'm not sure that I can purchase better beans off the shelf than I can that I can buy. I can buy some pretty awesome beans from from more coffee, more beer. Mm-hmm. I don't, it's hard for me to call it more coffee. It's more beer to me, but yeah. uh, <clears throat> more coffee. 
has all these different kind of beans, and I think I'm getting some really high quality fresh beans. Maybe you could speak more to that than me, JP. But that stuff seems like it's not. Uh, uh, it's very fresh and green and and wet. Sometimes I mean, you guys are getting it fresh off the boat. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, you know we we can buy them in smaller lots than obviously like a Starbucks or whatever. They have to do blends a lot of the time. Okay, so a lot of times you get their Kenya or their Sumatra. It's usually a blend of you know from different estates and stuff because they just you know no farms can grow yeah you know that much. So um, doing the home coffee roasting thing is pretty cool if you want to you know really target specific uh, farms, specific regions you know, um, and you can get you can get some pretty cool flavors out of it. Okay, well, and so and I learned a little bit about this coffee roasting deal when I went to the Kona Brewers Festival uh, because I met. Oh, really? If you check out the BN Army blog, if you haven't done that, there when I went to the they were doing a homebrew competition and where they were doing the judging was at uh, a dude's house where he also has a small coffee plantation. So I talked to him a little bit about it, and that's kind of what first got me interested. That's cool. And so the whole deal is how long you roast this stuff. Like, you take these beans, right? And, and Mm -hmm. of course, it depends on where they come from, just like with your hops and your grains and your grapes and anything like that. It does depend on the soil, the climate that they're grown in. Uh, But then from there, it's how long you roast it. So with my eye roast thing, it's like, there's a couple settings. Like I can I can just press the setting number one, which is a certain amount of time. Setting number two, which is a certain amount of time. Or I could I could run them through twice, right? Like you can go really dark with these things. Right. <clears throat> well, the first time I did it, uh, I filled the entire house with smoke. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, so, did it inside. Yeah, oh, my yeah. first tip for you is not to roast your coffee inside. <laughs> yeah, and that's. Um, <laughs> did everybody else know that but me? Yeah, well, pretty much. Well, you didn't get the uh, the benefit of the directions. No, there was no so, directions for me. Yeah, uh, I did have Chad saying, "I think you push this button." And so I definitely had help, but directions, I would say, not so much. Yeah, yeah, and, and but I will say, I probably roasted two batches before I figured out. God, what? Because you, I just thought the smell was well. Of course, it's going to smell, but I'm roasting coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't until I started choking on the smoke <laughs> on the second roast that I was like, "Oh yeah, it's probably supposed to be done outside." Yeah. So, that, so that's normal. You're not supposed. You will get smoke every time you, you get smoke. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so now I do it on the back patio, and even then, you know, it, it, it's pretty. Uh, it's a pungent aroma, so you, oh, it's a very overpowering. Yeah, yeah. so it's you get sm- and it and it and it's not. It, it smells like you're burning something. I mean, yeah. it's really it's not that nice. Like when you when you brew a cup of coffee, that that smell that really nice coffee. Right. It's not that. <laughs> it's no. a it's a burning it's like smell. Burning leaves or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's there's the, it's the the heat brings out the oils in the coffee. Yeah, and you know they they smoke. You're cooking something. Yeah, you're cooking oh. some of those oils off, essentially. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, and then you know you let them rest for a couple of days. Yeah, what's that you really... about? Uh, because I was ready to grind it up and make a, a cup right now, and, and Chad told me, "No, you're supposed to let it uh, like overnight or something." They actually off gas exactly beans right? do. So they off gas like CO two. Oh, um, and then uh, just from a, a practical standpoint, you want to let them do all the off-gassing they can because if you grind them up and put them in your coffee mm-hmm. and you put in water like if you're making a French press or something yeah. uh, you put them in there they'll actually foam they'll I actually see. foam up because okay. the, the gas is you know coming out um, so you let it sit in 24 hours 48 hours um, and that should be fine it also lets everything kind of mellow a little bit okay. um, you know seven days is the limit um, because you know out of oxygen out of light because just like um, you know hops uh, oxygen and Weed. will uh, hmm. kill 
make things go rancid. It'll make the it'll turn the uh, the oils right have this like rancid meat flavor. Which is why everything so, right. eventually is like vacuum sealed when I go buy coffee beans. Exactly. And stuff. Okay. Uh, stale coffee is oxidized. It uh, has rancidness qualities to it. It's awful. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I'm having fun with it. I mean, it's pretty easy. It doesn't take a lot of time. I mean, these these roasts you're really ta- talking about a couple of minutes when you're when you're roasting. Because yeah, you're only doing a small quantity. I guess if it was a big thing, people have to roast longer. But well, it also depends. I mean, you should go longer. Yeah. Really, you know, there's some roasters out there that do it like four minutes and five minutes, and mm-hmm. it's just like one temperature. Just but right. It's kind of think of it like a step mash, right. where there's actually different temperatures that. Um, just bring out different flavors and kind of do different things. Okay. Um, so, you know, 15 minutes is is pretty good. But uh, the cool thing about the iRoast, the one that you have, is it does have two presets. Yeah. One kind of for a lighter roast and one kind of for a darker roast. And, of course, depending on the ambient temperature and stuff like that. So if it's, you know, 40 degrees outside, you're not going to get the same roast level as an 80. Yeah. If it's 80 degrees, if you hit the, the first preset or whatever. But I just use the first preset and you walk away. It's yeah, pretty, that's what I have easy. Yeah. So you punch in a temperature, but it's relative to the ambient temperature? Um, well, yeah. you can you can dial it in and do your own kind of, you know, uh, raises and lowers. Right. And you can actually program this one, but uh, it just it does have two presets. So you just hit one. Got it. And then go, and then it just it does the whole thing. So when you guys buy the beans to do this, it's a blend of different beans from different no. origins or usually it's single origin it's single kind of thing? origin single farm usually depending on what we buy right um the kenya uh sometimes we can get like different estates um actually a lot of times we do um sometimes they're a blend but you know like sumatra is usually a blend hmm. because they all these different estates just do it in one co-op so they just combine hmm. all their beans okay really got it uh, but a lot of times we, we do have a lot of specialty stuff where we'll only get two sacks which is a sack is like 100 pounds, 130 pounds. It's one more sack than I have. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm having fun with it, and I, I don't know, I recommend, uh, to me, because it, that whole kind of set it and walk away thing makes it a little easier, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's fun to taste the different coffees, you know, uh, yeah. the, different, the, the different beans, not just how long I roasted it, but, but from the different uh, plantations that I'm getting it from. So it's fun. It's kind of easy. Um, I don't know if anybody's interested. I'll report back on it as I as I figure it out. Um, I, I don't know. It just seemed like kind of a, a lot of people are drinking coffee anyway. It's another brew it at home type of thing. It's definitely an, an, so, a nice little uh, kind of offshoot to, to brewing. It's very, you know, very similar. And, and a fraction of the time, which is appealing to me. That's true. I mean, I still buy Starbucks coffee. I still go to, the, you know, Starbucks and buy cups of coffee. Yeah. Um, because in my opinion, it's hard to get that same flavor, but you save, if you're buying coffee, you know, you can save 50% roasting your own. Right. Is you buy green beans for four bucks a pound or something like that. Yeah, once you get over the cost of the of the roaster, you know, because depending on which one you get, they can, they can be a little pricey. But mm-hmm. once you've, you know, recouped that in savings... Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'm, if I go buy good coffee, you know, what, do, what are they in like pound bags or something? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's it's ten bucks. Oh, yeah. uh, for a decent coffee, so yeah. I'll take four bucks over that any day. Sure. Right? Yeah, uh, buy uh, more ramen. Outsource the uh, roasting to Chad or something. Yeah, I, you know, we're thinking about that. I'll probably uh, start push the button for you. <laughs> I'm working on outsourcing yeah, pretty much <laughs> everything. So yeah, I'll just call him from the studio. Hey, Chad, what's happening? Uh, I'll just watch TV. All right, do me a favor. Get up and push that button for me, will you? Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, not that I'm busy. I'm just, no. I'm on the other side of the house. I'm in the West Wing, so, yeah. you know, do me a favor and push that button. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's fun. I've done it a few times. I think the only downside is the amount that you can do. 
in each time. Right. You know, it's a small amount. So yeah, how many, how many cups worth? Like that eye roast, thing, for example, how many cups four worth? Four ounces, can you time? do it at a time? It's four ounces of green beans, um, which is enough for a French press and a half or something like that. Got it. So you do have to kind of keep on top of it if you want to do it every day. But uh, It's like doing know. small batches of beer, though. It's kind of cool. You can experiment, too, and yeah. do blends. So it's it's fun to do smaller amounts, too. But yeah. Yeah, that's the only downside so far. Yeah, they just want to make more. They have bigger roasters. They have a roaster that you can do a pound. The 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 hard part is it's making that jump between a pound and you know the only next step is like commercial grade thousand dollar systems and stuff. So yeah, uh, home coffee roasting is still you know still ramping up. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you can make some some decent coffee. Well, check it out if you're interested. You can go to morecoffee.com. And like I said, if anybody gives a shit, I'll I'll keep reporting on how it's going. Um, Just to let you know, because it's pretty simple stuff, and uh, it's kind of easy to learn. Even I can figure it out, which is pretty impressive, if you ask me. All right, Chad, you got announcements for us? I do. All right, Chad's announcements are brought to you today by White Labs East Company. Go to whitelabs.com. We love the White Brothers. Mike White's going to be out of JBF, so say hi to him. Cool, cool. All right. Well, first off, we have the Mad Zymer just putting on an Oktoberfest. It's a German-style homebrew competition that is taking place on the 10th of October. Uh, entries are being accepted through the 26th of September, so that's the end of this week. Go to madzymergist.org or oktoberfest.org. And then uh, Seven Bridges is putting on an organic homebrew challenge. That's taking place on the uh, 18th, but entries are due the 9th of October. So I hope you guys are entering that. It's a sponsor of the show. They're a supporter, and uh, it's just fun to be able to brew something that's different. Take your same, take your favorite beer, and just see if you can source all of the ingredients uh, organic, just for the hell of it, not because you have to be a hippie. Yeah, just go to breworganic.com. They've got it all right there. Um, I'm sure you can just pick your recipe that you're doing at home and just switch it right over. Uh, and then, of course, GABF coming up this week. We'll be out there uh, Thursday through uh, Saturday, so that'll be a lot of fun. A lot of events going on outside. Busy week there. Yeah. Uh, a couple of AHA rallies coming up on the 10th of October in Minnesota at Surly Brewing. That's taking place on October 10th. And uh, the 24th is another rally, and that's taking place at Left Hand in Colorado. And... Oh, our buddy uh, Stu over at BelgianBeerMe.com. He's doing a couple tours. Go to BelgianBeerMe.com and check out those tours. All right. That's all I got. Great. Thanks, Chat. Yeah, GABF, uh, it's going to be a busy week, but you don't have to be going there to get in on the action. The Brewing Network is bringing you back a ton of footage this year. What I think I have set up is there's uh, I'm going to have internet uh, all three days of the festival, which I don't always have. And I'm going to try to webcam each of the panels that we're doing. I am the host uh, of the Brewing Brewers Pavilion. So we'll be doing two to three discussions a night from there with top brewers and professionals from all over the place. And uh, if all goes well, and I do have that connection like I should, I'm going to turn on the webcam. Same thing you're viewing right now if you're over at justin.tv slash brewing network. You'll get the audio uh, and the video footage of what's happening so you can see these guys. Uh, you should be signed up for our Twitter account, and that way I'll make sure that you know. But uh, we do have a full schedule of events, so I'll put that on the forum. You can also go to uh, gabf.org, I think it is, uh, and check out the schedule over there um, so that you can watch all this stuff. I'll be recording all the audio, too, and putting it up for download later. But the video probably won't be available for download, so you just want to check it out live. So Cool. 
And then Shat will be uh, manning the booth, uh, along with Bevo and sometimes Tasty. Uh, we're going to be doing some homebrew demonstrations over there. So if you are going to the GABF and you're bringing some friends of yours who are beer drinkers but not yet homebrewers, bring them by Homebrew Central, which is uh, the BN booth, and check it out because we'll be doing some demonstrations. We'll be playing some Beer Jeopardy over there. We'll be uh, showing some of the videos that we've put together over the uh, uh, you know over the years. Uh, a lot of stuff happening over there. Uh, a lot of merch over there, and you might run into people like uh, Push Eject hanging out. So, uh, you know, he's a sl- he's a big he's big time. That Push, the girl swoon. He's a little guy, but he's big time. <clears throat> he's big time. JP cries in his presence. I do. Oh God, it's Push. It is. <laughs> <laughs> he is the man. Uh, I like he, that. Yeah, he is the man, though. That's just you know to quote oh, yeah. to quote a famous man. <laughs> he is the man. He's the man. <laughs> All right, subscribe, join the BN Army, etc., etc. How about some uh, feedback? Show you that. Let's do that real quick. Then we we'll take a break. Sure. Oh I think my you, God. Oh. You've got mail. Kick ass. Yes, JP. Oh, you want a personal feedback? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, feedback's brought to you by Williams Brewing. Go to williamsbrewing.com. Don't forget about those guys. They've been with us for a long time now, and it's a good homebrew shop online. You can order all over the place. They got a lot of good stuff, and they're real friendly. Nice people. I like them. Uh, All right, what have I got in the feedback for you today? Hello, Sunday Sessioners. I'm a newbie brewer, and I've been listening to podcasts and gaining good knowledge from y'all. You do a great show. He's from Tennessee. Oh, so it's he's, Piney Wood? He's allowed to use y'all. Did you say y'all in the mail? It's not Piney Wood, but I did get a request to play Piney Wood at the breaks. Oh. But I don't have any official Piney Wood. Uh, I only have unofficial Piney Wood. You didn't go up the to... road to his uh, producer buddy and say, hey, what's... what's yeah, I need some. Yeah, what it do, partner? <laughs> what it do? Hey, partner. <laughs> what it do? I didn't do that. No, no. I sh- is that, will that work? Sure. Well, if I, is that all I have to say? And then he'll just hand me a CD. Is that? Well, you go what it do, and uh-huh. then he knows that you're in. You go, hey, let me get some some hot ones off Piney Wood. Say <laughs> Piney Wood, driving the new joints. He'll, he'll probably be like Justin. I do not smoke. <laughs> yeah. What are you even referring to, young fellow? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Here's a nickel. Buy a gumball. All right. So this guy says, uh, I was listening to your. Uh, Ten twenty three oh five, the mini mash show we did back in two thousand five. Wow! And um, really, he says I mentioned a listener who came to California and did a brewery tour, Russian River, Lagunitas, etc. He says the uh, the Frisco Napa area seems to be a mecca for great craft breweries. Don't call it Frisco, please. <clears throat> so a show or maybe just a segment on good nearby breweries, brew pubs would be cool. My wife's a wine lover, so you might suggest uh, how to combine the two. Um, he says, understand that folks like me live in areas devoid of decent breweries, and it sucks. That's from John in Memphis. Uh, you know, I'm not going to do that show, John. I do appreciate the suggestion, but I will tell you this. You can go over to Beer School, uh, beerschool.com, I think it is, and they did a really good show about how you can go, uh, how to get around and all the great destinations in the Bay Area, and I don't think I could do a better job than they did. They were very thorough, talked about all the places you can get to, and with us, uh, see, we get yelled at for being too West Coast centric all the time because you know I apologize I live on the fucking west coast uh, but you know we try our best to expand and, and, and get as many people in as we can but if we did a show we sat down and go alright it's the west coast show uh, the the hate mail would be to no end yeah. and it's not the fun kind of hate mail it's the annoying kind so I'm not gonna yeah. but beerschool.com check those guys out and they did a whole show on it hey brewcasters I was just listening to your last show on beer calculations with John Palmer 
On the show, you talk about different methods of taking your pre-boil gravity with a hydrometer. Uh, whenever I take my pre-boil gravity, I take the temperature of the wort, and I use a worksheet to correct the increased temperature. And I didn't hear anybody bring this up, so I was curious about its accuracy. Thanks for all you do. That's Ken. Um, so, Nathan, you want to address that? Yeah, I would say save yourself the hassle and get your get yourself an automatic temperature correction um, uh, Refract. refractometer. Thank you, JP. Right, welcome. And you're welcome, Nathan. I've I've cracked hydrometers myself with uh, you know putting them in really hot liquid and was sort of bummed about that. And then you don't know where the where you're at, so. If you really want to know pre-boil gravity, the temperature correction refractometer is the way to go. It just makes it simple. You're done in, in two seconds. You know, I've also seen some posts on the forum in different places. You know, people, there's a temperature correction on all the brewing software. Promash has one's really good. Yeah. But I've heard it's not so accurate. I've mm. heard that when people, uh, you know, used a temperature correction on the program and then did their own hydrometer reading, it was a couple of points off. Oh, like, interesting. In some, of, in some cases, I saw people reporting like four Plato points off, right? So uh, I'm not speaking for that. Whether it's true, have you noticed that it's? Have you have you ever used the software version? Yeah, I have used the temperature correction. And haven't noticed a, a big difference, but I'm usually only correcting for two to three degrees. If you're correcting for 10, 15 degrees, I could see it losing accuracy just based on the way the formula works. Probably it's not 100 percent right accurate. Okay. Well, you do make a good point, though. Either way, if you're going to use temperature correction of some kind, you're still putting uh, some boiling hot wort into your hydrometer into that. And I've broken one that way, too, actually. Yeah, I did that once, and I'd never that do that again. Time. Refractometer is the way to go. It just makes it so much simpler. You yeah. can, and you can, they're expensive, but you can find them for cheap if you look around eBay and whatnot or yeah. Craigslist. You'll... People are getting rid of them because it's so specialized and maybe people getting out of brewing or whatever. So Tell Chad yeah. where to find them cheap because he breaks like one a week. <laughs> he is a... Really? Those things seem pretty durable. Refractometers do not like Chad. Running the shadow over cheap. that or what? Yeah, they're just, they're just cheap. cheap. He's <laughs> like finding the cheapest <laughs> ones in China. <laughs> <laughs> Those Chinese refractometers taking over the world. All right. Here we go. Let's see. What up? He says, uh, just wanted to drop a line and say that I'm a huge fan. Although I don't brew as much as I would like, I still get a lot out of the shows. You've all changed my brewing over the years. Reason I'm writing is that I got to meet uh, Sean O'Sullivan this weekend at the Autumn Brew Review in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I think he must have been uh, last weekend. It was towards the end of the night. I was pretty lit up by the time I got to meet him. Uh Uh-oh. But even though I was torched, he was extremely nice. How How come there's always... Fire involved in uh, in drunken references. <laughs> I get lit up, torched, yeah. flaming. Blaze. Oh wait, that's different. No, that's different. Bla- Blaze. Well, <laughs> Why is it always? I'm just curious how it, how it came to be that we associate yeah. fire with drunkenness. Uh, okay, just ask. Just putting it out there. <laughs> fire water. Uh, even though I was torched, uh, Sully was extremely nice. We chatted a bit, and then he took me behind some of the tables. Oh, oh. Whoa. censored. To grab some samples, you sickos, oh. to get samples. <laughs> oh, I get it. Uh, he could not have been cooler. I just want to say thanks to Sully and the BN. Can't wait to get some of their beer here. Being on with your life. That's from Eric, aka Boba Fett. In the. Uh, Are you gonna answer him? In the form. He asked, "What was up?" <clears throat> Oh, he never answered. <laughs> what? He spelled it W A D up. What up? What up? What up? But it, also, there's a period, not a question mark. So I believe it was just a statement. Oh, like Minnesota how, style. What like what, what it do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What it do? What up? What it do? What up? Uh, all right. Yeah. Hey, that's cool. Sully is always. I've been hearing lots of good reports about yeah, Sully and his jaunts. He's nice when he's out there. Apparently, he's like. a friendly guy lately. Yeah. Hmm. Must be lonely. 
<laughs> yeah, he's on the road, so he's lonely. That's yeah, it. he's like, all right, I'll talk to this guy. Befriend me. Mm. No, nah, it's cool. No, Sully always tells me when he meets uh, people out there, too. He loves it. All right. Hey, all. I just want to thank you guys uh, for all the help you've given me with my brewing. The Michigan State Fair is one of the largest, if not the largest, single state competition. This year, they were just shy of 700 entries. Ooh, that's pretty good. That is pretty wow, good that's for big. A, a, a competition that's not the um, AHA conference. That's that's really big. I was fortunate enough to take one first, two seconds, three thirds, and two honorable mentions. Oh, congratulations. That's a lot of medals. Wow. I tied for second for the Rex Halfpenny Award, which is the winningest home brewer. Tied for second for that. Uh, I did see one other soldier haul in some awards, too. So my goal for next year is to have the BN place in the Club of the Year portion. Once again, thanks for all you do in homebrewing. That's from Mills. So, Hey, that's awesome, Mills. That's great. Good work. Very cool. Love it when you put down the BN as your club. That's always, uh, you know, we like to, to be your club, and, and it gets the word out, too. So it's a lot of fun. Always write in and tell us if you guys are doing well in um, you know competitions. We like to hear that. Oh, stuff. totally. Yeah. All right, and that's that. That's going to be your feedback for today. Don't forget, uh, feedback is brought to you by Williams Brewing. Go to williamsbrewing.com. They'll take good care of you. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk to New Beer Magazine, Beer Connoisseur. Uh, so we'll see what they're all about, what we can expect. I don't think the issue comes out till December, well, but they're going to be launching at the Great American Beer Festival preview. ahead of time. So we'll give you a preview on today's show, and then you can see them in Denver. So this is the session, Dry Hopping with Nathan Smith, coming up too. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmasters Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to Riverside Dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. 
Don't miss the Beer of the Month, Special Rotating Taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. In the past year, the Brewing Network has been able to add two new shows, expand our studio capabilities and quality, and bring more beer information home to you than ever before. In no small part, this is due to subscribers like you. Thank you from all of us at the Brewing Network. Without your monthly support of any denomination, we could not bring you the very best in live beer radio like Can You Brew It? Brew Strong and the Sunday Session. Haven't signed up yet? Join your fellow brewers in the BN Army. Sign up today at thebrewingnetwork.com for a recurring donation as little as $2 a month. Besides all the great live radio you'll support, every subscriber is automatically entered in monthly raffles for amazing brew gear like a conical firm a temperature control system, or your own draft setup. Become a part of the Bee and Army today. Regan, do you remember when you graduated from the Brewmasters Academy? I'm so excited. Graduation day. Uh, what? What is this guy even saying right now, Regan? Quiet. What, like you know what he's talking about? Yeah, I do. Ah, forget it! I'm going to brew anyways. Celebrate the brewmaster in each of us and become a more beer brewmaster. More Beer is offering every one of their brewmaster and signature series kits at discounted prices all month. Brewmaster kits are clone beers of your favorite commercial brewers like Russian River, Rogue, the 21st Amendment, and more. And signature series kits are award-winning recipes from some of the best home brewers around. Guys like Ray Daniels, John Palmer, Shaft the Producer, and Jamil Zanishev. It's Brewmaster Month all September long, only at morebeer.com. This Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to the Brewer Network. And now, back to the Brewcaster. The Brewcaster. On the Brewing Network. program everybody thanks for tuning in justin.tv slash brewing network if you want to watch the studio cam you can join the jipper in the chat room right now he'll be moderating your chattiness that's me yeah i am here you can ask questions all through all throughout the show through the chat uh for example you might ask questions of our next guest which is beer connoisseur magazine uh they're on the line with us you can go to beerconnoisseur.com, check it out and uh Look around, see what they got going. Assuming you can spell connoisseur, I could not. I had to Google it and get close, and then beer connoisseur came up for me. Hey, guys, you on the line with us? Yeah, we're here. Hey, going? Going. All right. I do believe we're speaking to Chris Miller and Lynn Davis, uh, both of uh, Beer Connoisseur. Do I have that right? Yeah, we also have uh, Nick Kay, who's our uh, managing editor, and Doug Cunnington, and uh, he's an avid supporter of the Beer Connoisseur magazine, so thanks for having us on. No, glad to have you. I did some looking over at beerconnoisseur.com to prepare for this and see what you guys have going on. It's a 
really nice website. And um, thank curious, you, thank you. Curious about the magazine. Why don't we start with the basics, guys? Uh, you know, there's a lot of beer magazines out there. So, uh, what's your plan? What are you guys going to put out there for us? Well, hey, yeah, this is uh, this is Nick. As one said, I'm the managing editor. Um, you know, the, the beer connoisseur really is is a serious and kind of sophisticated look at uh, beer culture. You know, it's it's a lifestyle magazine, kind of in the mold of cigar aficionado, gourmet, food and wine. You know, there there are a number of great beer magazines out there, but you know, we don't think there's one that really treats beer uh, as well as its producers and its fans with the kind of respect they deserve. Okay. Um, you know the. The, the craft beer movement, it demands an authority, we think, at this point, and, and kind of an expert yet approachable source for information. I like the idea. that we The BN, we try to, you know, we consider ourselves very serious about beer here. <laughs> there we, take of course. Our, we take our beer seriously. That's about all, though. <laughs> not, not stuffy, but serious. Right. Yeah. Well, no, exactly. And I, and I like that idea. I mean, uh, I think that there are some, uh, some pretty focused and serious homebrew magazines. I think you make a good point when it comes to a craft beer magazine. And I would like to see uh, the same kind of respect that wine gets in terms of pairing uh, beer with food and things like that. Is, is that part Definitely. of the goals for you guys? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we want to appeal to both experienced beer drinkers and all the really interested newcomers that are out there. There's a lot of them. Um, you know, beer is, is being taken more seriously these days. Like, you know, it's, it's definitely getting uh, up to the level of wine in a lot of, uh, a lot of ways. And, you know, the magazine will definitely reflect that. Okay. Um, we'll we'll look at all the different places that beer intersects with uh, you know the various parts of our lives, from travel to food to sports to politics to business and music. Even you know. Oh, great! I like the I like the see. Soon, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to do anything but drink beer. I'm going to read a magazine like this, and I'm going to discover <laughs> that while I'm reading, I should be drinking. While I'm walking, I should be drinking. While I'm going to sporting events, while, while I, you're drinking, you should be. Drinking. While I'm drinking, exactly. I should I should have a backup. Yeah, that's your first main article. Your feature is how to drink more while drinking. That's right. a good, good idea. Now, uh, when is the first issue slated to come out? Uh, it's coming out. Uh, uh, it'll be on the newsstands nationally, uh, December eighth, and uh, you know we're we're located uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia. So um, you know, starting out, we we're using the resources that we have, and uh, our heaviest distribution will be uh, here in Atlanta in the southeast. But you'll be able to find it in, in the bookstores like the Barnes and Nobles and Borders, uh, and all the major markets nationwide. So okay, uh, so that's uh, that, that's the game plan, and then as uh, as interest allows, you know, we, we, our intention is to grow it uh, as quickly as we can, and uh, going to put eleven thousand. I think I might have just lost him. You guys either hung up on me or you, you or you muted me. Hmm. I still see him connected on this end, so maybe the, let, me, let me just give him a minute before I call him back. And it's probably because there's like fifteen of them in one room. Somebody just sat on the phone. <laughs> Yeah, curious about uh, how much it costs to start a magazine. It can't be cheap, right? It's got to be over a dollar. It's at least over a dollar. Yeah, maybe two. Maybe, well, <laughs> maybe. maybe, but one fifty. Yeah. If you'd like to make a call, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, 
Hey, guys. Are you having difficulties? Yeah. I know what kind of technical difficulties. Someone just dropped a beer on the phone. <laughs> That's what happened over there. <laughs> yeah, Lynn, Lynn apparently thought the hang-up button was the mute button. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Sorry about that. No, that's okay. I did have a couple questions. We kind of left off, you know, talking about distribution out there. Uh, so I'm curious, a couple things. Uh, how often will the the magazine be put out? Is this a, a, a you know every other month, like a lot of the beer periodicals? No, we're we're going to start out quarterly, and uh, and then uh, the intention is to increase it to bi monthly and just cap it at that. But uh, okay. in this economy, in this market, uh, it's. Uh, I think quarterly is an appropriate <laughs> appropriate uh, uh, frequency to start out with, and yeah. uh, um, I mean, just the economy has just killed the magazine market, and beer's hot, uh, uh, obviously, and and uh, it's a great place, you know, it's a great uh, industry to, uh, to to be launching a magazine in, but still. Lynn just found the mute button again. <laughs> Look at this one. <laughs> I hope, they're, hope the magazine's a little less glitchy than the telephone. <laughs> it's probably, oh. oh, there they are. Hey, guys. Oh, Am I losing you? Hey, well, we're back. Cell phone? All right. <laughs> I think when you mute, it's muting everybody's. Uh, so. I think that's what's happening. Uh, hey, you guys still there? <laughs> yeah, we're here. All right. <laughs> We've got some rookies on the conferencing equipment, so I apologize about that. Yeah. You know they just went down to the Walmart and got, yeah. like, a speakerphone before the show. That's they were what like, I would do, too, man. Come on. Every magazine's got to be on a shoestring budget right now. You talk that, about the right. economy. So, no, it's no problem. I'm, I am curious about that, though, guys. Yeah, I try to pay attention to all the media, uh, you know, just media in general. And I, I definitely agree with you that magazines are taking a hard hit right now in, in advertising. And you guys are just about to launch. Uh, you know, how are you able to do it? Do, do you all still have day jobs, or did you just are you throwing it all at this magazine right now? Yeah, I mean, well, what you know, some of the other beer magazines have done is gone out and raised a lot of capital uh, to to launch, and and yeah. uh, at one point in the game, I, I, I started this idea four years ago, and uh, you know, it's finally coming to fruition now. Um, there was a period of time where we we tried to do the the big money raised uh, to make it happen, and then the economy stuff start uh, kind of took over, and now we're just building this thing from the ground up. So, uh, yeah, everybody who's contributing, with the exception of myself, uh, has day jobs and are contributing every other hour that they have available to the magazine, and then this is you know I'm I'm doing this full time. So, okay. like all of our writers, all of our contributors, I mean the 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 reason this this is because Become, uh, as becoming a su- success is by the contribution of some really great people, um, uh, and they just have believed in the idea and understand what it's like, uh, you know, especially in this economy to try to launch something. And and you know, we're not a bunch of big corporate guys uh, uh, that have come in and tried to launch this big magazine, and they've dedicated their time time to it. And a, and a lot of people, it's just all been pro bono work with the belief that it's. Uh, 
it, it can be successful, and uh, and we've gotten some really fantastic contributors like Stephen Beaumont and Carolyn Smigalski, and and uh, we've got Nick Kay who came you know, to us from the New York Times. He's just a uh, couldn't have picked a better managing editor. And great, uh, Chris. You know, Chris Miller's our our big marketing guy, and has done some really incredible things in getting our name out there for very little dollars. So um, that's that's how we've been able to make it happen <laughs> because we have low overhead. From a marketing standpoint, apparently people just enjoy looking at pictures of me drinking beer. <laughs> Great. So that helps. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how we got started on Facebook. Was uh, uh, before we had writers and all that stuff. Was uh, basically me posting every other day drinking uh, a beer. So um, and people like I that. Might be up for the drunk of the the year. Oh, is that, is that is that a is that a oh. category that you guys have? It is. You have to have one uh, drunk of the week at least once. So you you, you could start this week if you wanted. Uh, well. You have to win drunk of the week first, and then you're in the running for drunk of the year. It's not only a category; it's 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 a lifestyle. <laughs> it is. Lifestyle. It's really what it is. Yeah, uh, you have to live in it. Yeah, well, I, I I am that guy on the beer connoisseur magazine. Good. <laughs> hey, every beer entity needs that guy, and you should be proud yeah. of it yeah. being him. Well, I am. Be careful. Every every winter past has disappeared. Yeah. That's true. All yeah, we, of our drunks of the year have never shown up again. Yeah. They've become very ashamed of their yeah. award afterward. So uh, you might want to talk to your uh, your fellow uh, compatriots there at the, uh, yeah. at the magazine. Make sure they're in for that. I also uh, I also have a piece of advice for you. Uh, the only one. Who, who is it? Lynn, who's uh, the full-timer? Yeah, All yeah right. that's me. Lynn, uh, keep your pro bono workers away from my pro bono workers, because my pro bono <laughs> workers will tell yours that uh, we're now on our fifth year of broadcasting, that's and there's still a lot of goddamn pro bono <laughs> going on around bono. here. <laughs> I know. I mean, this is actually a phenomenon that started. Everybody's competing for, <laughs> for the talent that can help out. Yeah. yeah. Everybody works for free beer, right? That's true. <laughs> Honestly. It's true. If you can get beer sent there to write about it, talk about about it, then staffers do stay around quite a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of our volunteers to the events get free beer. Yeah, just how it works. <laughs> now it looks like you've done a little bit of guerrilla marketing too to get the name out there. I noticed that you guys entered the Red Bull soapbox competition and built a pretty badass soapbox car. Yeah, you're right. It is truly, truly badass. It started out as. Uh, a crazy conversation that Lynn and I had at our first festival we ever did together, uh, where Red uh, Red Bull was advertising uh, their Atlanta race, and Lynn looks at me and he goes, "Man, I really want to do this for the magazine, but you're going to have to do it because I don't have a single minute to invest in it." Okay, <laughs> nice. I like passing off work like that. All right, yeah, outsourcing. <laughs> outsourcing. Sorry. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, I was like, Chris, we don't have, we have zero dollars to invest in it, and I have no building capability and no time to invest in it. But <laughs> good luck, uh, buddy. If you can do it, make it happen. And uh, th- uh, three months later, uh, uh, him and his brother and uh, a couple other friends with some building uh, capacity uh, put yep. this thing together and built this mash ton on wheels. <laughs> and uh, uh, I mean, we had no idea that we would even place in this thing, and and we went out there and won it, and nobody could believe it. It was it was un- unbelievable. And from a marketing standpoint, I mean, we were well. There's fifty thousand people at the race, yeah. And uh, uh, they let us do a full plug. Um, 
on the, the speaker system. Yeah, oh, great. You know, 30 seconds. I mean, got, uh, we were like on CNN's or ESPN's top 10 plays of the week and Fox Sports South. No it kidding. Just turned, it just blew up into this thing that, I mean, we had no idea uh, it was going to blow up into. And, uh, and and I can officially say now that we have sold one subscription total. <laughs> Due to that. All of that marketing effort. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that? That's like twenty four ninety five or something? What's your subscription yeah, rate? Yeah, everybody's like, oh, my God. This is going to be a turning point in the company, and I was yeah. like, "Hey guys, we sold one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, buy Chris a twelve pack then for doing all that work for that one right. subscription. Right. Yeah, but how much soap can it carry? It. Though? <laughs> Yeah. I spent a thousand dollars. I'm in marriage therapy right now for all the time I invested in building a soapbox for God's sake. Right. <laughs> well, I, it seemed uh, it actually seemed well worth it. Listeners, like I said, go to beerconnoisseur.com. You can see pictures of this soapbox. It's really pretty badass. It's a big uh, German style copper looking mash tun on four wheels hauling ass down the road and uh, they did really well and so check it out. The beer geeks will love it. I think it was uh, really well done. <laughs> Uh, all right. Actually, what's surprising is is a lot more than just beer geeks got what we were trying to do. Yeah, that was that was the amazing part about it. Really, in other words, uh, people recognized that it was a mash tun. Yeah, yeah, and and the ones that I mean, obviously with, with the, the name, the beer connoisseur as the team name, they they understood it was about beer. But right. a lot of people uh, that didn't know that much about beer came up and really asked us about it. And I mean, that's that was one of the, the major accomplishments and what we're trying to do with the magazine as well is all the beer beginners or the the the, the group that drank uh, you know a lot of high high volume beer as uh, 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 college guys and and just out of college guys that are growing up and want to kind of learn more about beer and, and the, uh, the sophistications of beer you know those people came up and 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 were asking us about it so that was a, kind of a, that was a big big accomplishment for us okay all right so let me ask you know a couple of the tough questions for you guys um you know, there are other beer magazines out there. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't read all the beer magazines that are out there right now, and I'm kind of the epitome uh, of a beer geek. Um, you know, are you a little... Is it intimidating entering this market of other beer magazines? And and not just that, you know, so I'd like to know that how you guys feel about it personally. But, you know, in, in, a, in a less than sales pitchy kind of way, if you could, uh, you know, why do I care about Beer Connoisseur Magazine? Well, you know, uh, as far as the way we kind of view the, the beer magazine market is that I don't feel like we're we're trying to compete with anybody, and uh, I mean we're just trying to do our own thing down here, and and uh, we hope that we're trying to appeal to a demographic that isn't necessarily being uh, uh, spoken to, uh, uh, and uh, I don't I don't feel like we're trying like I said trying to compete with anybody. If anything, I think all the beer magazines and us enter. Entering the beer yeah. uh, magazine market, we we complement one another, and yeah. and what it does for beer on the newsstand is it just kind of helps solidify the 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 beer magazine segment, and um, and uh, again, it's it's it just uh, I think we all help one another by by creating this this segment that didn't really exist a, a few years ago. Yeah, um, you know, there's. All about beer magazine was was pretty much uh, it on the consumer side for for years, 
and uh, you know, uh, Beer Advocates come out with their magazine, which is fantastic, and uh, Draft has come out with their magazine that uh, they've done really well, and it's a great magazine, and uh, well, I think there's Beer Magazine as well, and uh, you know, Enter the Beer Connoisseur Magazine but on the consumer side, um, and uh, you know, I think it kind of kind of helps complete that beer yeah. that, that beer magazine segment. So, um, are the other yeah, we're, uh, we're, 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 uh, We're just, just trying to spread the word about good beer. I mean, really, that's that's it's a, it's a grassroots effort here uh, in the southeast. There's not a lot of uh, of a craft beer market here, but. Uh uh, there are a lot of people that love craft beer, and we're just trying to spread the word. I mean, okay. that's about it. Yeah, are, exactly. are the other uh, are the other magazines? Uh, I, I think I can agree with you that you all complement each other, but I'm curious if it's a friendly business among the other magazines. I mean, in the beer radio world, uh, mostly because I'm an asshole, it's not it's not as friendly. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm a big asshole. <laughs> I'm a big asshole. It's not as uh, you know, if 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 they do well, if they're if people are producing good radio and things like that, I, I think it's fantastic and. Uh, uh, so I'm curious, uh, is there any support from the other magazines, or do you all ignore each other? I, I haven't really been in contact with the other guys, but uh, Austin, uh, I met him. Uh, he's the, uh, you know, I guess the founder of Draft Magazine, and yeah. uh, uh, we got along really well. I mean, he's a he's a fantastic guy, and I haven't seen him in a, in a couple of years, but look forward to saying hello, hello to him at the Great American Beer Festival. And uh, I've met the beer advocate guys once, and you know, everything was fine there. And uh, I don't, you know, well, there, there's just animosity towards us. I don't know about it, and I don't have any towards. The other beer publications at all yeah. uh, like I said I just think we're you know we're all in this thing for beer and yeah. and uh, uh, I, I, it's not my intention to compete like I said we're we're just trying to do our own thing and uh, um, you know I, I, I encourage and support what they're doing and they are all really touching on a good segment so I can I start some animosity for you if you want it's great advertising yeah. all those guys <laughs> all those guys at Actually, beer magazine uh, like said you suck Kanye can we do that it's a great yeah. yeah, walk over to, you know, Magazine X's booth yeah. and just stand there with your magazine. <laughs> that, that would be a pulling a Kanye, I think, yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to be right next to you, so you oh, know, you'll have access to all of our equipment, you know, whatever you need. <laughs> Take a banner over there. That'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to wrap one of you in a Brewing Network banner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have this in uh, in Atlanta, but out here in uh, Pacheco, we have these uh, guys who stand on the corner with cardboard signs, and they have to they wear oh, yeah. headphones and they yeah. dance, you know, pointing you to the sale or whatever. Yeah, know. that's really bad. <laughs> yeah, apparently it works. They're everywhere. It's my try. <laughs> they're, they're everywhere, and they're just as bad everywhere. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I am curious about the beer scene there in Atlanta because you mentioned you know a lot of your distribution is going to start right there. Uh, how is the is the craft beer scene there, and how do you feel your audience is going to be? Well, it's you know it's great. It, as Lynn said, you know the magazine does absolutely and will have a national focus, but you know since our roots are here in Atlanta, we're we're really concentrating on the South and trying to kind of you know, tout the South's virtues as far as, uh, you know, beer culture goes. Um, you know, the entire Southeast, but especially Atlanta itself, it, it's, it's vastly underrated and overlooked. Um, you know, you guys probably know uh, North Carolina is just really awash in good beer, you know, pun intended. I mean, there's uh, Asheville itself. Asheville, North Carolina has seven breweries now. Wow. Um, it's actually, there are more breweries per capita in Asheville, North Carolina than there are in Portland, Oregon. Um, there's okay. Pisca, uh, Duck Rabbit, Highland Brewing Company, French Broad, um, just tons of great beer up there. Um, 
you know, in Louisiana, there's a Bita, which you can get in 40 states around the, the country. Good beer, um, too. Great beer. Great beer, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here in Georgia, there's uh, Sweetwater, um, which is just tremendous beer. Their IPA, um, you know, is, is really known around these parts as one of the best in the uh, in the country. I think we've had it. Someone someone sent us some sweet water. Yeah, it's right? well known. So I, yeah, really? I did, yeah. yeah, I was looking. I was looking at my producer because I thought maybe we'd spoke to him, but it was just that someone sent us the beer, isn't it? Right. Yeah, nice beer from Sweetwater. They do great stuff. They do great stuff there. And there's, uh, you know, Sweetwater is the the second largest craft brewer in the South behind uh, Abita. But it's interesting because Sweetwater is only sold in six states, whereas Abita goes out to I think nearly forty states. Okay. So Sweetwater, in a lot of ways, really is kind of the craft beer of the the southeast, and they're just doing some amazing stuff. Got it. Um, there's also uh, Terrapin uh, Brewing Company out of Athens. That's what we've got on the also, show. Uh, Spike. Yeah. Terrapin is great. Yeah. Terrapin's great. There's um, Atlanta Brewing Company also here, which is the oldest in uh, in the state. They do some um, tremendous beers. Um, but you know, there's basically all around the southeast, you can find one kind of you know homegrown brewery you know in, in mississippi there's lazy magnolia which makes a, a tremendous uh, brown ale brewed with uh, pecans mm-hmm. um you know in in tennessee there's a uh, yazoo brewing company which is in a former automobile factory in downtown nashville that's cool you know, the, the south really has a lot more going on than uh, people get it credit for but you know that's that's one of the things that we hope to do is really really bring that uh you know out in the open well and just in bringing up GABF again, it's one of my favorite parts about the GABF. Nathan, you're going for your second, is it just your second time Second this year? time, yeah, absolutely. You know, they have all those regions, and I always try to go yeah. over to the Midwest region and the South region mm-hmm. and, uh, to, to have these beers you're talking about. Uh, like, I think I had Yazoo uh, before right. at the GABF, yeah, I and gonna, I never would have been yeah. able to without this festival. I was going to ask these guys, there's pretty good representation from these breweries they just mentioned at the GABF, I would assume. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so what can we expect in this first issue? Are you going to be giving out the issue at the Great American Beer Festival? Well, actually, it's coming out December eighth, so okay. we'll uh, we'll be a little bit uh, ahead of the uh, you know the the publishing. But um, you know, we're going to be talking a lot about it. We're going to be sending people to our website. A lot of the uh, the great writers that have been uh, you know blogging on our website are going to be part of the first issue. Good. Um, we're going to have some regular features. Uh, one of which we're going to call the uh, Innovators series. Um, it's going to start with, uh, you know, kind of your uh, local brewing bigwig, Fritz Maytag of uh, Anchor Steam. Great. We're also going to we're going to do, uh, you know, a series each month. I mean, each uh, issue on international travel. Um, that's going to start uh, with a piece, of course, on Belgium. It's going to be written by uh, Chuck Cook, who writes a lot for our website. He's been to uh, Belgium 19 times. Is really known for his his writing on the uh, on the beer scene there. Great. Um, and uh, we're going to also do uh, you know domestic travel. We're going to do uh, brewery tours. We're going to hit Lagunitas, Victory, Abita in the first issue. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm actually doing a piece on beer and cheese pairing with uh, with some uh, some information from Max McCalman, who is. Uh, Really known as kind of the foremost expert on cheese in America, he's the uh, Sign me curriculum up. at the at the Artisanal Premium Cheese Center in New York. He's uh, a great person to uh, kind of expose people to the the marriage of beer and cheese. That's um, all I needed to hear. Beer and cheese. <laughs> Sign me up for two. I'll take two subscriptions, one for each bathroom. No, he wasn't. He wasn't talking cheese on the radio. He was talking about cheese, uh, the actual food. Oh, forget it. I'm out. Uh, well, put me down for one subscription. Then. And also, who knew that there was an artisanal cheese center anywhere? There should be. There should be them everywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. But uh, that's fascinating to me. To me, the only thing that would make Pacheco, California, a better place on earth <laughs> is if it had an artisanal cheese center. If it had an yeah. artisanal <laughs> anything. <laughs> well, we do have that artisanal meth uh, distribution we do warehouse have that, on the street. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, no one's going to write about yeah. that. Yeah, um, we should. But, uh, you know, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up for the first issue. Yeah, don't, um, don't forget about Asheville. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're doing a piece on the on the brewing scene in Asheville, written by uh, Chris Miller himself. Um, a lot of research went into the Asheville article. <laughs> two trips uh, and lots of beers. Good. My, my pregnant wife actually drove me up and DD'd me one weekend. That was pretty cool. Good. I thought you meant she was helping you drink, and that's bad. People frown upon that. <laughs> no, no. Come out like JP if you do that. She actually what? loves beer, so it was really hard for her to to. Mm. to drive me around all these awesome breweries in Asheville. <laughs> That's a nice woman right there. Trash. That's a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything else to speak of in this first issue so far? I think you're doing a great job. I, I, I like the ideas you've put forth already. Well, definitely. We've got a, a, a lot of great stuff coming up. We're, uh, Stephen Beaumont um, is doing a, a piece on the uh, kind of recent rise of the gastropub, kind of tracing its evolution from uh, Britain to uh, North America. Yeah, great. Um, we're doing it piece on uh, on kind of beer laws um you know a lot of people outside the south probably don't know i mean there's all kinds of arcane laws all around the country and you know from counties to you know cities to states and stuff but here in the south it's it's actually uh part of what's really you know sparked a, a real interest in craft brewing here in georgia you know before 2004 you couldn't buy high gravity beers here um then actually before last for earlier this year you couldn't buy any uh any beers above six percent in uh in alabama um right. something called the free the hops campaign over there that was really successful yeah um getting good beer out there to the people that want it um there's all there's a lot of uh kind of a lot that you have to uh deal with being a big beer fan here in the south you can't like you can't buy anything in stores on sundays in georgia still like if we wanted to go to the store right now and pick up some beers, it's it cannot be done. Yeah. Um, South Carolina is the same way, um, but there's a lot of movements, really kind of grassroots movements for people just, they, you know, beer fans coming together to try and uh, get some of these, you know, prohibition laws off the books. Well, I hope um, you are going to cover those things. Uh, I mean, right now the best coverage of some of the beer laws actually, I think, comes from Zymergy magazine, which is a yeah, homebrewer centric yeah. magazine, but they really cover this kind of stuff and. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see somebody writing articles about the free to hops movements, and even if they're, you know, even if it's already happened, just some education about you know the reason that people are allowed to drink some beer now in Alabama that's uh, better than it used to be. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I mean, it's you know, it's uh, it's something that's been pretty interesting to see. I mean, here in in, in Georgia, there's just been a real explosion of uh, of you know interest in craft beer after 2004. Um, you know the the one story we're going to do in the uh, the first issue is by Bob Townsend, who's a, a you know well-known beer writer. He writes a weekly column for the Atlanta Journal Constitution uh, here on on beer, and has done that for about ten years. But uh, he's going to do a piece on the Brick Store Pub, which is I don't know if you guys heard of it, but it's it. it's really known as one of the best beer bars in the world. Okay. You know, we're not talking about the country, but the world, and it's in it's in Decatur, which is a you know a separate city technically, but it's really part of Metro Atlanta. And, uh, you know, and after 2004, when the, uh, the high gravity laws were, you know, uh, wiped off, they started a, you know, a Belgian beer bar upstairs where you can just get anything you could possibly want. And it's, it's a great scene. I mean, you have to really see it to believe it. It's, um, it's a, just a tremendous bar. Okay. Um, 
there's a lot going on here in Atlanta and, and elsewhere around the South that you wouldn't really know about because we're, you know, we're kind of, like we said, you know, like I said, underrated and, yeah. and overlooked. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, okay. you know, we're, we're going to be national, but we're, uh, you know, we're keeping an eye on our, uh, on our home and, uh, you know, trying to, uh, to get the word out. So. I do have a few questions from the chat for you also. Um, and since you did mention, you know, covering nationally, uh, we have a lot of Canadian listeners. Uh, so yeah. some people do want to know if there's going to be any international distribution. Absolutely. You can uh, sign up online, beerconnoisseur.com, for an international subscription. It's a little bit more because of shipping. But um, you can, we can, uh, we've already gotten several Canadian subscribers. And, uh, cool. I think the furthest subscription yep. that we've gotten right to date is uh, we've gotten one from Brazil. So uh, yep. people can subscribe to the magazine. It's not going to uh, be on the newsstand in Canada starting out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and that's the direction we, like I said, it's all going to depend on how popular we are and how fast we can get there. So. <laughs> if we Got can it. pay the bills. Right. That's what we're talking about. How about the BN could... Uh, <laughs> I, I can almost guarantee that the BN can beat your farthest subscriber list after today's show. Uh-oh. I bet Uh-oh. you'll... Oh, I'm sure you can. Be careful. Not, not for <laughs> I us. I, I mean, know. for you guys. I, I, I bet have, you that... Uh, a potential subscriber in Japan. I don't know. We, we I'm working on that. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'll put out the call. We have listeners all over, so be enters. Pay attention to this program. I would like to know if if we can end up with a if we can beat. I just want one subscriber to beat uh, Brazil. But potential doesn't count. If it's only nope. a potential one in Japan, if I get you a Japanese subscriber first, then I win. Well, we would. You do win. I uh, <laughs> I, I I know her name. Oh. Is, <laughs> is it? I bet I know her. Is it Ray? <laughs> it's Ray, isn't it? Or Yuki? Is it? It's Yuki. <laughs> right, Yuki. Yuki's I think, real nice. I think for the uh, purpose of my marriage, we should That's continue right. moving on. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm kidding. Oh, wow. I'm kidding. I get. I get. Clear out your Skype yeah. conversations, Mister. <laughs> get you in trouble. All right, some I more. My email regularly. Some uh, more questions <laughs> from the from the chat. Uh, our listeners want to know if you're going to be covering uh, anything home brewing. You know, we're not we're not going to really be a, a home brewing magazine, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you know, we're trying to keep the focus a little bit kind of more broad, but um, but sure. absolutely. I mean, home brewing is a big is is part of you know who we are, and it's uh, you know it's 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 definitely going to be a, a part of the magazine. It's not going to you're not going to see many you know uh, technical home brewing pieces, but you know it's part of the beer culture, and it's going to be part of beer connoisseur definitely. How many yeah, in the you. room there are are homebrewers or have been homebrewers? Uh, two out of four, oh, I believe, are home out of four homebrewers. That's pretty good. And we're yeah. we're Cons- going to actually host a homebrewing session because you know, kind of like Sam Adams, I think everybody uh, with the magazine needs to be familiar with how brewing happens. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so we're actually going to educate and get everyone started on homebrewing. We are going to do an internet article. Um, on, uh, you know, getting some of these guys their first brewing session and what that's like. And we're going to actually try to get a couple subscribers here from Atlanta to join in on that. Beautiful. So, yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Uh, another yeah, question. Like the general the general consumer out there that doesn't homebrew uh, isn't going to find the technical aspects of homebrewing interesting. I agree with but you. But what yeah. they would find interesting is what inspires someone to homebrew. 
and uh, um, and and just that experience. So you know, if there's if we're writing something in the magazine about homebrewing, it's going to be about you know all of the. Uh, you know what's fun about it. What's you know what has you know what got them started. Uh, what they get out of home brewing and just sharing that experience. And uh, that's then, a good angle. You know, the more technical yeah. stuff would probably be saved more uh, as we develop our website. So, right. Um, you know, so, I, I, I mean, think it's, that it's, it's not a home brewing magazine. It's a consumer magazine. Uh, nice difference. Uh, the difference there in, in the magazine part of it. So you know we're we're, we're new and there's a lot that we want to do. Uh, with our, our our website as well, and as uh, our uh, capacity increases, then uh, the home brewing part of it's going to increase as well. Okay, well, that's a good answer. I like that's to see good, that. Yeah, that is a good answer. I think that same uh, you know reader would also be interested in a profile of a certain uh, beer radio host who's not only photogenic but has a, a fantastic voice. Oh, you think uh, I have a fantastic I, I, voice? I, I, yeah. That's weird. I appreciate uh, that, Justin. Maybe. I don't do articles. <laughs> Do you know somebody? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll see if I can. What's the website? Does he yeah. work pro bono? See if I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes. they're in Australia. So, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Uh, one more question from the chat. Actually, uh, is uh, will you guys be at the Atlanta Cask Ale Fest? Uh, we are not currently scheduled to be there. No. Um, and the reason is is just we have limited resources right now. Um, if we had uh, a, a large number of people working for us, then we would, but we kind of have to pick and choose at this point. And, uh, uh, I mean, that's obviously our goal is to have our hands and, and be involved with as many, you know, many of the events going on. But uh, yeah. I sadly have to say that, no, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to. We should do we'll be there. We, you know, yeah. Beer Connoisseur probably won't be there as a, an entity. But, uh, you know, we're, You'll be there we're, as consumers. we're not going to miss something like that. We're, we've got a lot of stuff going on here. We're doing a, a beer dinner at, the, uh, at one of the Ritz-Carlins here. Um, you know, we're going to GABF next week, of course. Like we said, we're going to see you guys there. And great. Um, but yeah, yeah. As far as the Cascale uh, festival goes, we're probably going to have to be there, drinking good beer and you know, passing out business cards. Right. There you go. Right. <laughs> have you know, have one of our our riders there. But uh, as a company, um, uh, we're not going to unfortunately be there. Okay. Well, I understand you do have to stretch out your. Uh your dollars when it comes to festivals. We get invited well, to a lot you know, of things we're, we can't we're make two and a half months old. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if you really think about it, the website's been up for two and a half months, and, the, you know, we're, we're busy trying to get our first issue out, and we're trying to, you know, like I said, being involved as, as much as we can, uh, uh, but without, you know, full-time, you know, staff and, and so forth. So, uh, um you know, when it comes to us, you know, not having that presence at some of these events, it's all just a matter of limited resources and right. desire. Now so. we understand entirely. All right, guys. Well, I'm running out of time, but I'm happy to talk to you and meet you guys. I'll be looking forward hey. to seeing you at the festival. Yeah, yeah. Likewise. And uh, I really, I can't wait to see this first uh, issue. I, I'm a skeptic when it comes to uh, people coming in here uh, into you know with new magazines and new radio shows. And but like I said, that's because I'm an asshole. Um, so, but mm-hmm. I, everything you've told me today sounds great. Uh, I like the feature uh, features you've been talking about, the recurring ones. Uh, I like the names you've mentioned of writers, all excellent writers. Steve Beaumont's fantastic. Right. Um, yeah. And I know you're going to do some work with Carol. Uh, 
uh, I always mess up her last name, but Smigalski. Smigalski. <laughs> and she's wonderful, <laughs> too. Yes. Uh, and she's really just a, not only a nice woman, but a, a great writer. So, uh, you know, I, I wish you guys luck. I look forward to seeing this thing. Well, we appreciate you having us on, and uh, definitely looking forward to meeting you next week. And uh, thanks, thanks for everything. All yeah, right. Thank you. Beautiful. Thanks. Listeners, like I said, beerconnoisseur.com. Go check it out. Get a preview. Magazine comes out in December, and you can sign up right there online. Thanks again, guys. All right. All right. See you in a week. Take care. All right. Take care. All right, good guys. They sound like fun, especially Definitely. that Chris guy, the the drinker in the group. You gotta love him, right? Out there taking, he's going for it. He's ready to go, and you need that guy. I'm telling you, you need that guy. He's gonna motivate everyone else or demotivate them, depending on the uh, situation. I guess <laughs> it keeps you. It keeps you. You know, you can you can do serious beer coverage without being stuffy when you got a guy like Chris around building mash tun soapboxes <laughs> and taking photos of himself drinking every day. That's the key to success, folks. You That's can, it. You can still be serious if you've got the lighthearted side. That's right. why we keep chat around. <laughs> the only reason. For why? Again? The only reason. <laughs> it's, you know. Hey, you know, Chris did send me a, uh, a subscription uh, promotion code for the BN. So if you guys go and sign up, oh. type in FBC-BNArmy. There you go. That's a promotion code for them to track. Beautiful. How much of that do we get? All of it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a great... I love this magazine. Beer Connoisseur is the best magazine ever to hit the stands, ladies and gentlemen. I've not even read it, and I know this. Uh, all right, give the code once more, just so people can... Get it. It's uh, FBC-BNArmy. All right, beautiful. We'll see them at the GABF, and uh, I guess they're uh, housed uh, right next to us in our booth, so right. uh, listeners, you guys will be able to find them real quick. All right, we're going to take ourselves uh, just a real quick break. When we come back, we'll get into some homebrewing topics. Oh, weird. beer information uh, on the show? Beer information. I don't know if I believe it. The I better great, go learn how to brew. <laughs> the great Nathan Smith hanging out. It's dry hopping when we come back. Join JP in the chat room to get your questions asked. Yes. See you in a minute. You're listening to The Brewcasters. BN Army members, are you looking for a discount on hops? Keep listening. Nico's Homebrew Supply at nicobrew.com has hops by the ounce and by the pound. Choose from varieties like Amarillo, Centennial, East Kent Goldings, Hollertower, Simcoe, Summit, Tomahawk, Warrior, Willamette, and more. And adding new varieties all the time, many for less than 20 bucks a pound. Whether a couple ounces at a time or an 11-pound bag, all hops are shipped vacuum-sealed and frozen straight to you. Nico's Homebrew Supply offers store-wide $5 flat-rate shipping and won't waste your money on unnecessary overhead or advertising. They're going bare bones and passing the savings on to you. The staff at Nico's Homebrew Supply loves to brew and is committed to keeping homebrewing affordable and accessible to anyone who wants to join in this great hobby. And for a limited time, use coupon code BNARMY at checkout for a brewing network discount. Visit NicoBrew.com. That's N-I-K-O Brew.com for your hops and more. NicoBrew.com, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. 
That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Organic ingredients. Fresh, clean, good for you, good for the planet. And Seven Bridges has the best selection in the world. Everything is a click away at breworganic.com. Join the mailing list for special deals and regular updates about new products and specials. They have been brewing organic and serving organic brewers for almost 12 years. They can help you brew great organic beer. Take the National Organic Brewing Challenge, the only BJCP-sanctioned nationwide brewing competition just for organic beers. Enter the competition by October 10th for your chance to win great prizes, including a hands-on brewing experience at an organic brewery, brewing equipment, or organic brewing ingredients. Complete details about the competition are online at breworganic.com slash competition. Seven Bridges is cooperatively owned in awesome Santa Cruz, California. Everyone there is dedicated to worker and people-friendly business practices and environmentally friendly, worker-friendly brewing products whenever possible. Visit today, breworganic.com. Hilo, what's your feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two. Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face. <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby. <laughs> it's the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Cop Brewer and I have a conversation going. Thank Keep you it very between much. the two of you. No, he's a cop. Cop? Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. And? And he brews. What the hell does that a, have a to do with anything? A law enforcement officer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a police officer. Wow. All right. So, uh, there. Okay. All right, JP. All right. I didn't realize you were so defensive yeah. about law enforcement. I like law enforcement. <laughs> it's the only thing that saves me from destroying you. <laughs> is that right? I don't know what that means. Uh, this is how you chat no, I'm when you're in that, a, I'm taking that literally. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> Breathalyze yourself regularly. Do a field sobriety <laughs> test just for fun. Boy. It's a good thing these chairs are on wheels. I can scoot out of here. <laughs> All right, we're on the show here with Nathan Smith, who's just poured us... Did you just pour us beer out of a Fody? Is that I just what poured I beer out of a Fody. You did? I thought so. It's a plastic Fody. Actually, this is a Harvest Ale, wet hop beer that I... Pulled out of the fermenter just today and did the carbonation cap thing. What are those things yeah. called? The, those carbon are they just called carbonation? I think caps? they're called carbonation cap. Yeah, <laughs> carbonator. You know, JP. <laughs> they don't have a I brand believe. name. They're called. Uh, well, they're from Liquid Bread. Hold it up just uh, to the camera yeah. a little bit if you can. Justin.tv slash Brewing Network, and uh, they're pretty cheap. A lot of you guys use them. Uh, Doc, by you guys, I mean Doc, and uh, you know Tasty. I've seen Jamil use them, so that you can. What do you, do you just put it on any kind of plastic bottle, and yeah. then you can do a quick shake carbonation? This is just a plastic water bottle, yeah. and uh, you know. Put it on, do a, sh- a quick carbonation, 10 to 15 PSI, shake it up. It's good for an event like this, or I haven't completely finished the beer yet. I don't even have it in kegs, but I could That's pour good, a little man. bit of, a little bit out of my, my fine more beer fermenter. And oh, then, oh. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. weird how that and happens. And then carbonate it up with this, and it's a little more portable than uh, if, uh, you know, 
had tried to put it in bottles or something like that, it wouldn't have had any CO2, no. so it allows you to put a little CO2. It's so. good. So what have you poured us here to kick off our dry hopping discussion So to kick show? off our dry hopping discussion, I've poured a um, wet hop beer that I made from homegrown hops, right from the, the front and backyard of my house. Uh, eight pounds of hops, about seven and a half to eight pounds of hops went in the kettle during boil, and another pound as a dry hop a week into fermentation and then then another eight ounces about two weeks in so it's kind of interesting to get a this profile of you know what hops taste like when you grow them at home totally undried totally unkilned very different than anything you'd get commercially it's a lot of uh columbus centennial and uh, cascade and nugget and a little bit of chinook the cascade in this particular example i think comes across quite big there's a big grapefruit quality to this i think for a person growing hops at home that's a really hardy variety and really easy one to work with so i think that's one reason why this comes through really directly in the wet hop beer okay there was a lot of cascade flowers and those flowers tended to be some of the most aromatic and and most interesting it's got a little bit of that green vegetative character that you might expect from a wet hop beer but uh not much yeah. i got a, had a lot of hops this year it was one of the best crops i'd i'd had from homegrown hop growing operation and decided to bump up the gravity normally i make this beer it's about Six to six and a half percent alcohol. I made it about eight percent alcohol. It's about eight point two percent alcohol this time. So it's a little more like a, a double IPA version of a wet hop beer. So cool. it's a lot of fun making this. Tastes pretty good so far. It is the best homegrown hop beer I've ever had in really? my life. Wonderful. Thank you. It's I think really it's, I think well it's awesome. Done. Yeah. I'm really happy with it so far. So glass of hops. I mean it's yeah. got that going for it. Definitely. But you know, it's not overly bitter. It's not too green and vegetably. Like is is not only right. a characteristic I think of of homegrown hops sometimes, but certainly of wet hop beers. Right. But it doesn't have too much of that. It's yeah. there, like you mentioned it. Some it, of them get like a, a oregano or mint like or tomato yeah, or yeah. basil. Like you know, you get some of that kind of herbal quality, which a little bit of it is nice for complexity. But you have a lot of that, and it makes the beer a little tough to drink. And uh, even the grapefruit quality that you're talking about with the Cascade hops, correct, uh, yeah. isn't a bitter, like a too bitter of a grapefruit flavor. Exactly. It's like fresh grapefruit is kind of how yeah. it comes across in the wet hop beers versus uh, you know straight Sierra Nevada style grapefruit taste you might get in their pale ale or something yeah. like that. Pretty cool. Chad, you're now the official hop head in the house. Am I crazy about this beer? Or? Oh, it's great. Yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's well really done. nice. Yeah. I think uh, Vinny had talked about this on the Brewing Network I think it's third show in back in two thousand early two thousand six, mm-hmm. and I, re- I took that idea and I'd been growing hops already, but didn't really know. I tried to dry them and tried using them in that way, but it never really worked as well as just what he had suggested on that show, which is just take them, use them all in one big wet hop beer, and kind of enjoy it in that context. And I think for a lot of homegrown hop people, like I think that works best than trying to dry them or save them. I mean, it's you can do it, but yeah. you never really know where the alpha is, and drying right. them is the the Moisture content's hard to get rid of properly, and you don't get good storage, so... Just do a wet hop beer. Just do a wet hop beer. It's one way to have a lot of fun with it, I think. I'm always an annoyed by wet hop beer, so I'm not going to lie. Like, just the yeah. flavor and everything. I agree. Like, yeah. Okay, it's great for what it is, but whatever. It's just whatever. I'll drink it. But this one, like, the flavor, just it all in itself is something else. I've never experienced. It's you not know, it's too usually. green. Right. Yeah, it's all about waiting for the hops. And I mean, as the home homegrown hop guy you can kind of wait for this precise moment when they smell really good and there's a you can break the hop open a little bit and look at the the yellow lupulin that you'll find in the middle Mm -hmm. rub that between your fingers really smell it yeah does it smell good or does it smell too green still it smells too green 
it's too green it's not ready you can wait another week or two got it unlike the commercial growers you're not on a schedule who cares you know you may as well wait another another week or two until they're yeah. prime and ready for you to uh, use them in your kettle or in your dry hop so see i'm really with chad on that one where i i enjoy tasting wet hop beers because they're unique and because you can you know get some real characteristics of different hops so i like to be able to pick out the flavors but I don't like drinking them. <laughs> I like right. tasting yeah, them. People, but in general, it's tough to make a good one. People like the concept of them, but yeah, a lot of times the execution of it isn't isn't quite so well done. There's an interesting yeah. festival in Northern California at the Bistro every early October. This year it's October 3rd, I believe, or 4th. It's the first Saturday yeah. in October. And they're going to have a wet hop fest where they gather all the wet hop beers made by breweries in Northern California or... You know, I think they go beyond that, maybe a little Southern Oregon, but uh, right. kind of cool to have them all back to back. But I do agree with you in some sense that a lot of them are, you know, a little vegetal, not so well-rounded, a little tough to drink. And I've had that discussion with Mike McDowell many times where, uh, you know, like the concept, like the idea of wet hop beers, but some of them are a little tough to drink, maybe a full yeah. pint of. But. Well, great for a festival like that then, actually, too. See, I, I did go to that, and I like that, because you're getting yeah. your four-ounce pour, and that's fine. Then you Sometimes can taste that's it. too much. You can get, it is. It can be. <laughs> yeah, we dump some, of course. But at least then, if you're just looking for the characteristics of these beers. And this isn't to say that people don't do good ones, either. Brian right. Hunt uh, does a nice one. I was just one. about to mention him. Yeah, yeah I think he's one, of the, Moonlight. he's one of the most experienced and really has a real good pulse on the style and making it really jump out of the glass and, and taste great. Yeah. That one's a good one to look for. I know he does send that out of, uh, not just that festival, but he does send it out to some of his more uh, esoteric or specialty accounts around the Bay Area. You will find it on draft and it's an excellent one to start with if you've never tried one before. Yeah. One question I get a lot on this, uh, when I just run, run into people in bars or in email, I get questions sometimes about uh, wet hop beers and the ratios and how you do it and that kind of thing. One thing to keep in mind is make sure you do a four to one ratio uh, of what you would for a normal hops. You're going to get uh, undried hops. Basically, you, if you use one pound, I think just divide by four, and that would be where you would be at normally for the amount of dried hops that you'd be putting in the kettle. So keep that in mind when you're using uh, wet hops uh, for this sort of a style of a beer. Um, and if you w- really want to calculate the alpha acid, you can take an average of what the hops have been recently in the past few years, look at your cascade, and make it on the lower end because you're probably not growing them as efficiently as you would mm. uh, on the commercial scale. So kind of take the lower alpha acid end of it. But you know, once again, I recommend just using them in the 15 minutes or later stage in the boil process where you're not extracting all that much bitterness and you're getting mostly flavor. And you don't have to worry about a lot of the calculations too much. I think homebrewers worry about the calculations of a wet hop beer too much. It's just sort of the the fun of it is you should you know wait till the hops are good and ready and then use as many of, it, of them as you can in the kettle. If you go to destroy.net, you can see pictures. I have right linked off the, the homepage, uh, Wet Hops Brew Day 2009. And there's a picture in there of, of uh, me like seconds before boil over just trying to shove all these hops in the kettle and you can see what it kind of looks like trying to fit eight pounds of hops in a uh, 10 10 gallon batch um it did boil over a little bit but not too much and you can definitely uh you know go overboard with this style and have a lot of fun with it and the beer will turn out pretty good more often than not if your hops are good to begin with so what are you going to do with your hops chad did you did you pick them i did i do have them in a bag in the freezer okay Um, i didn't dry them or anything um yeah, I don't know. I'm going to try and use them probably as a, a dry hop or something. I yeah. probably you know, I don't have enough nearly as you know as much as Nate does. I'm looking at these pictures. Holy shit! <laughs> it's got a lot of. But uh, I sent yeah. this to you. 
It's a bunch of work to pick all those hops, too. you got to plan it out in advance for people that, if you've grown a bunch mm-hmm. of it, make sure you're realistic about how much Don't time. you live in Oakland? I do live in Oakland, How yeah. can you grow a bunch of hops in Oakland? <laughs> no, it just fits right in with all of that other dank stuff that people tend to be growing around me. I don't know. They just don't notice. No, but, uh, <laughs> That's a good point. It's actually kind of tough to grow them in Oakland no, because it's not as hot and dry as you'd normally want for, uh, for hop growing, so I kind of have to trim the foliage back a bit near the ground and coddle them along to make them successful but um hmm. but it will work and just kind of goes to show you can grow the grow some pretty resilient hop varieties in areas where it's not necessarily ideal uh cascade in particular does really well where i'm growing them chinook does really well nugget struggles a little bit more but still does really well and centennial does about moderate moderate to well so i can't imagine nathan uh you know pale white nathan yeah. out in the garden <laughs> right pruning <laughs> Yeah, where do you no, put your... No, 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 I do get sunburned, JP. That is a good point. Yeah, I have to wear a hats and stuff that I normally don't well, you wear. you have to wear hats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you're well-conditioned in that uh, context. But yeah, I, I, say, that's racist. I, I suffer a little bit. Uh, where, do you, uh, <laughs> where do you bury your dead bodies in that backyard? It looks like it's all taken up with hops and a little sidewalk. Oh, hops. You ever well, heard of bone know, meal? Uh, so. Yeah, exactly. Why do, you think they, why do you think I get so many flowers? You know, it's like the special ingredient there. And uh, anybody notice that uh, Nathan, like me, likes to use a wooden mash paddle? Wooden not mash that, paddle, Not yes. that faggy new age one that Chad <laughs> likes yeah, to use. No, uh, no plastic, nothing no like stainless that. Steel. Stainless steel. Yeah. Oh. You know. His super paddle. <laughs> super paddle. That sounds like a porn. <laughs> super paddle. So how did they fit? When you picked these hops, I mean, was it, uh, you know, you look at it or do you crack it open and smell it? You crack how it you open know? and smell it. Okay. And there, you can see the lupulin inside the hop is this yellow powdery-like substance. Was it a little and papery to touch at all or was it all squishy? Yeah, they get a little papery when they're, when they're ready in, in okay. my experience. And then one of the things I've read, which I, does hold true most of the times, you can... Take a petal off of the flower, hold it up to the sunlight, and it should be fairly translucent at that <laughs> point. And then you know your hops are ready. But you'll, you'll kind of know by more, more accurately get some of that lupulin in your fingers and open up the lupulin glands by creating friction. Just, just rub it a little bit, and then you can smell. Does it smell right? Does it smell fresh? Everyone knows what you know, good fresh hops should smell like. And versus if it's green. Versus actually, yeah, you'll get more of a chlorophyll vegetative thing if it's not quite ready. Um, and the, and the flowers haven't matured enough, then you know just to leave them alone for a few more weeks, and you'll get more of what you want out of them. It was interesting. Point. We had um, a guy from Sierra talk to us up at um, you know the North Cow Homebrewers Fest, right. and uh, he was talking about how they started growing a, a, you know their own hops in their own fields in Chico, and when they planted them, they spaced them out a little too far. So what happened was you know you had the heat beating on them all day, but then you get that wind that came through and would dry them out. So mm. they really had a tough time at first. I think it's kind of what, uh, what happens to us back here. We're just exposed to the you know the sun all day, and that wind kicks up. It whips them around a little too much. So I, yeah, exactly. So um, I think I might have to play with our spacing and maybe you know bunch them together a little better just yeah. to get a little more coverage. That's um, a good point. But that's pretty interesting. You mentioned that. I go, huh? Yeah, I think that's happening. They, they've actually done a really interesting experiment this year. You folks have probably have you seen in some of the bars or in in liquor stores. They did a estate harvest ale where they grew malt. And hops, mm-hmm. yeah, for the first time. That I was thought, good. I had that the other day. It was a really, really nice beer. Like, yeah. A little bit more roasty, brown ale like than just a straight IPA. I thought that was a cool mm-hmm. take on the the wet hop thing. So, We're going to have Steve Dressler from Sierra Nevada on one of our panels uh, at, at the, the GABF. At the GABF. It's, our, it's our what's next in brewing panel. So we got a lot of people talking about uh, different things, not that you've been drinking necessarily this year, but what you might be drinking 
next year when GABF comes around. And Steve's going to be on there talking about new hops and new processes and all the stuff you're mentioning right here. Very so, cool. They're doing a bunch cool. of stuff. And I, you know, the guy was even apologizing. Hey, I'm sorry. We got a little complacent with the, you know, the pale ale, the porter style. Wow. But we're really doing some really cool stuff. I just want you guys to know. Playing a little catch up. Yeah. Well, I think they've been spending, <laughs> I mean, if I were them, I, I, I think they've been spending so much time on the brewery and making that uh, sustainable and all the different things they did there. Right. They maybe just didn't have time to experiment with new beers. So. Yeah, but that, like, Keller Weiss is going crazy. Crazy. Right. right. Um, so they're they're pretty excited about some new beer. For a huge Good. brewery, I'm pretty impressed consistently with the experimental things they do and how cool mm-hmm. they are. I had a triple the other day that they'd made at, at Barclays in Oakland, mm-hmm. and it was a really nice Belgian-style beer. Mm-hmm. You know, That torpedo. Had some, I mean, had some nice complexity to it. It was pretty cool. So they're cool. definitely branching out a little bit and yeah. sending that stuff out of just the brew pub and not just right. having it there, which is which is really cool. Yeah, Nothing really wienery cool. about those beers. No. no. Good. No, quite nice. All right, That's Nathan, why don't you get us started on uh, some, some dry hopping basics. I know you're going to use the questions that have come to you uh, over the last year about yes. dry hopping. So uh, however you want to take it is fine. You don't have to dumb it down to what is dry hopping if you don't want to. Right. If you just want to start answering questions, that's all right. Sure. So to kind of lead into this uh, a thought for the concept on this show, over the last year since the double IPA show had done about a, a little over a year ago and then the, the Green Flash IPA show on Can You Brew It, I've gotten a lot of email questions from the listeners about dry hopping. And uh, I want to, to sort of st- take a step back and cover a little bit of the basics but go a little more in depth than we were able to go on the, on the double IPA show just in terms of time, quantity, temperature, strain selection, um, and then get into a little bit of the hop chemistry that uh, backs that sort of thing up. So unlike the Imperial IPA content I'd covered in the past, this will also apply to those beers, of course, but any American ales, pale ale, brown ale, IPA, American stout, all those would apply a little bit more to the the stuff that we're going to talk about today and not just IPAs. Um, And we're talking mainly about American citrus hops is what we're going to focus on. You could apply some of this stuff to dry hopping other esoteric styles that do get a dry hop, but that's really the the main focus of what we're going to do. So here's an example email I just got last Wednesday from a listener, uh, Greg McQuay. He uh, wrote an email and said, uh, thanks for sharing your recipe and experience with the, with the Brewing Network Army. I'm attempting to follow your direction. I have a couple of questions. I'm on day three of dry hopping. On day one, I dropped my fermentation temperature to 63 and I had the pellet hop addition to the primary. Your note said didn't transfer and gave it a quick swirl and let it be. Does this sound right so far? And then he says, three days into dry hopping at 63 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm still seeing some fermentation activity. Is this, tr- is this okay? And is this usually complete by the time you dry hop, or do you still see activity? And then he goes on to say, by agitation every other day, do you mean swirling the carboy a couple times or, or really getting it into a vigorous, um, you know, picking up and really shaking it around? So I thought that was a really interesting starting point for some of the confusion uh, points. Everyone knows what kind of the basics of what dry hopping is, but Greg's question about temperature and about agitation and about the fermentation activity, I thought were pretty key, uh, really key questions into making a, re- a really good dry hopped uh, beer. So to kind of cover the first aspect of it, um, you know, do you want to wait for all fermentation activity to stop before you start dry hopping? Tasty, for example, I've discussed this with him a couple of times. You just blew the dust Start off that dude. <laughs> yes. And I used to wait until all fermentation activity was complete and do what kind of the pro brewers do and, and drop the temperature and take the yeast off and then dry hop. I had a couple I had some good experiences with it and then some sort of not so great experiences where I think I kinda of oxidized the beer by doing that. And the more I thought about it, 
why do pro brewers do this? Well, they do it to kind of speed up the process to one degree, and so they don't have to use as much raw ingredient, as, mm. as much hop. That's a little less of a concern for home brewers. I mean, you can definitely do that, and if you do it well, it's probably not going to create anything uh, bad. But um, on the homebrew sense, you can waste a little more dry hop. You can waste a little more ingredient. And if you can use some of that fermentation activity to help you scrub out some of the oxygen, I think that will help you make a better, cleaner beer. So after discussions with Tasty, I sort of bump that back, and I'll now dry hop it about five to six days after pitching the yeast. And I think that a little bit of fermentation activity that you still have at that point. Yeah. I'm talking California ale yeast here mainly, just as a reference. But um, that will help scrub out any oxygen that you might add during the dry hop process. Because you'll always get a little bit of oxygen added by doing that. And it's, Got it. Some of it's going to be insignificant, but you know, a really aggressively hot beer might get a multiple dry hops. And so if you're doing one where you know the yeast is still active, that's going to help you way later down the line if you have to do more dry hopping just by limiting that oxygen exposure you think that you found that to be true in your experience tasty well uh, you know i I could be picking up oxygen other places but yeah i i that's one place i think i can get it you know something about you know i'm 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 opening up the fermenter to in some way to add it in usually i I put them in through the small you know hole that i've got my uh stopper with you know for my airlock right so i you know i use a funnel and and put them in that way so i'm it's pretty minimal and and i like the idea that that headspace when i start is full of co2 and then when I'm done, I know that because I have some fermenta- fermentation, it's going to replace that with CO2. Right, right. right. Because i got another, you know, after six days, I've got another, you know, seven days. I want that beer to be, you know, in, in that fermenter and, you know, cleaning itself up. Right. I don't want it to be worrying about the oxygen that I introduced, uh, you know, seven days ago. Yeah. Yeah, like you say, uh, it's a recipe issue at some point, too. If you feel like you're not getting enough hops, <laughs> then you can always add a little bit more exactly. based on what you may have done in the past. Right. So. And I think there's some flavor aspect of just the yeast eating the hops that you've added. Just the part that they're going through their Correct. system and they're metabolizing them and they're putting out something that's obviously different than the hop oil that you're extracting when you know when there's no uh, fermentation going. Right. right. And Jamil said this a few times, but I think it's, it's worth repeating that the, the hop oils will cover the yeast cell a bit and the hop oils that you're adding in are going to be when you take the yeast out later, you're going to lose a little bit of that. So if it seems like you may be going over the top to get the hop flavor and aroma that you want during a dry hop, if the yeast are still there, that's okay to some degree because you know that the the yeast are going to consume or be coated by some of that hop oil as you're adding the, the dry hop. And some of that will dissipate a little bit later if you filter or if, as the yeast start to drop out. So. Pretty I guess what people think about, uh, you know, to, the worry about adding these hops when, before fermentation is done. I mean, you're talking about scrubbing out the O2, but everybody's worried about right. scrubbing out the exactly what you're trying to put in as That's well, right. right? So what's the... That's a good point, Is Justin. it a trade-off or does it not happen? It is a trade-off, and okay. I think the part of the solution is that to, is to do a, a big dry hop, or at least half of what you would normally do is a dry hop about a weekend, and then do another dry hop later I when the fermentation has died off, so that you'll be able to round out some of that aromatic and hop flavor by adding more fresh hops at a little bit later stage either in the keg or still in the fermenter okay one of those two uh, i've been a big fan of adding at least a little bit in the keg if i'm doing something really aggressive hoppy style there's a um item that uh, northern brewer sells called a sure screen they don't make it it's uh actually a different different vendor it's a some folks called um sheaf and vine brewing supply the brewinfo.org and they sell a a stainless steel screen that fits on the end of the dip tube for a keg. Mm-hmm. It works really well at filtering either whole hop or um, pellet hop. Works great for whole hop in particular. But You've it, used it? I have used it, yeah. I use it 
pretty consistently on a, a aggressive hoppy beer. So you can dry hop in the keg, and you know that the dip tube won't get clogged with hop matter. But the, so I can see how it would work as a filter, but the then the end of the tube itself doesn't get clogged. It doesn't fill up with matter, and that's right. You haven't had trouble with that. Nope. Like the screen itself blocking then. Nope. Okay. Not at all. It works really well. It's kind of cool if you want to experiment with dry hopping in the keg, and I I highly recommend doing so. Yeah, it's a cool way to do it. Okay, really cool way to do it. So, <clears throat> just to you know, kind of recap what you just said about dry hopping a, a couple times. Yes. So you're talking about 100 percent of your dry hop. Maybe forty percent is in that first week, then the sixty. The rest Either of half and half. Or? Usually, just keep okay. it kind of simple, unless you're trying to go for something a little more specific that you've, you know, tested but, tested previously. But yeah, but let's say you're half. doing two ounces total for you know five gallons, whatever right. it is. You're not doing two ounces first week and then two ounces again. No, it would be you know, obviously it. one and one okay. for that kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, and it was about seven days maximum in each case. Um, kind of interesting. To compare and contrast what the pro brewers do in that sense, where uh, Firestone will do a really short dry hop, like yeah. three to five days maximum, I think, whereas someone like Russian River, also known for hoppy beers, obviously, is going to do a five to seven day minimum. Uh, I think that actually closer to mimics what would work well on the homebrew scale. They're a little bit smaller brewery and a little bit closer to what uh, you know us amateurs are doing. Firestone's so huge, and they may have some techniques that don't quite translate, but... Uh, it's interesting to play around with that time, either shorter or longer, depending on your process. And the only way to find out is to really experiment. In my case, it's about seven days for the first dry hop, and then I don't remove the dry hop. I'll leave it there and then add another one. And so a 14-day dry hop total for the very first one added, and then seven days total for the second one that was added okay. seems to work best. So it's a good starting point for people who want to play around with that. Is, is there a cutoff? Ideas. I mean, you're saying right. uh, 14 days is... I mean, That's a good point. Yeah, you'll start to get some vegetative flavors, I think, if you leave it a little bit too long. Okay. Um, so it's it's probably good to move it out after about two weeks total of the, the uh, beer sitting on the dry hop. And I should also mention, this was mentioned on previous shows, but it's it bears repeating that dry hopping should be done warm at about 60 to 68. You're going to get the best dissolution of hop oils into solution. And it's pretty much... that's key to what dry hopping really is, is you want to get the oils uh, from the hops into solution. That's going to happen better between 60 and 68 degrees Fahrenheit versus trying to do it in the 30s and 40s. Okay. You're not going to have as much uh, dissolution of the oils, and it's not going to taste quite or smell quite right. No. So, like, you know, tasting myself, we pretty much we'll go, you know, 68 and then ramp up. A lot of people do this. I just happen to mention this. But, you know, at 68, and you always finish up, you know, diastole rest or 70, 71, right. maybe 72 degrees. Do you bump the temperature down to within that 60 to 68 degree range before you dry hop, or do you leave it up to I used to crash it at 50 and okay. pull the yeast off. California ale yeast will drop out quite nice at about 50 degrees. Used to pull the yeast off and then add the dry hop. Don't do that anymore. Uh, we'll dry hop at, at 68 degrees. I actually like to go a little bit lower with that yeast and ferment it about, uh, pitch it about 63, and then ferment it about 65. Then I'm dry hopping at 65. But I don't. Uh, I'm a big proponent of not using hop bags or anything to sort of restrict the hops from really getting fully uh, immersed into solution. Okay. And some one way to kind of help with that towards the end of the dry hop, I'm talking about 14 days in total, is that you can cr- start crashing the temperature out, and it will actually help pull the hops down to the bottom of solution, which I help, which I think helps get the hops more fully dissolved towards the end. I was noticing that again with this uh, wet hop beer that we're tasting. All this, I had a, you know, a pound and a half, basically, of undried hops to the beer and the two dry hops that I had done, and then I crashed it to 50 where it's sitting right now. If I, I look at, opened up the conical and kind of looked in there for a second, and there weren't any hops 
remaining at the top of solution, mm-hmm. the cooler temperature had, had dragged them all down towards the bottom. It sort of helps things drop out and fall to the bottom. Well, so. any like CO2 activity would have stopped with that, too. So That's true. That's a good point, That's why Mike. they're floating is they've got CO2 on it on the bottom side. Mm. So your lower temperature helps dissolve the CO2 into solution yeah, and helps pull everything down. Yeah, that's another good reason why. Very good point. I have another listener question before we get too far away from the yeah. CO2 topic, too. Um, this uh, skipper in the chat room is curious about uh, using a closed transfer um, mm-hmm. onto uh, so that you're, you're actually racking onto a, a, a purged keg yep. with hops in it. Right. Uh, which I think I it's thought a great was a, idea. Yeah, uh, I thought. Uh, I think it's a fantastic idea, and I've played around with it a little bit, and I want to play around with it some more just for fun. But um, it's basically you think about that. So you have a keg full of beer, another keg with like a, a sure screen or something that's going to stop stop the hot matter from getting into the dip tube, and it's full of hops. And you could transfer your keg of beer into the the keg with a bunch of dry hop, and it. it's almost like a giant Randall at that point, right? And then you could, you know, transfer off that when you know too many days have gone by, or even serve the beer from that if you like the flavor that's coming off of it. Yeah, and it's a perfect way to do it because you're limiting any O2 that you're going to get at that point. Yeah, and I guess my question from that then is because it, it sounds like a good idea. So I wanted to ask you, you know, when you talk about introducing hops as a dry hop and then introducing oxygen, right, and and the ability to purge it if you do it while fermentation is still happening. Is all the oxygen coming in, you know, just by the act of adding the hops, or Correct. are you? Te- so it's not that these hops have this this storage of oxygen in sure, them. Sure, it's in there. It's in there too. Right? There too. Okay. Yeah, but most of it, I think, is coming from you physically opening the, the thing action, up. Yeah. You're losing the CO two, sure. and you know, you're adding something into solution, which is gonna oxidize it one way or another. But yeah, I think you're right, Mike. You, uh, tasty, you could get a little bit of O2 uh, to, from the oxidized uh, whole hops or um, Jerk. whole hops would probably seem like they would probably oxidize the beer a little faster sure, than there's Pella more hops air would. Pockets, yeah. yeah, there's more air pockets going right. on. In now there. you can do, you know, kind of like the Lagunitas guys do, which are they basically flush the hops with CO2 before they shoot them into the, uh, yeah, to the that's fermenter true. with their yeah, hop cannon. That's right. We could probably do something very similar with a little bit of flushing, you know, at least to get some of it out of there. And I think that would yeah. make a big difference. And people yeah. might consider doing that. I think one of your risks at that point is almost overdoing it if you really oh. like the dry hop profile that you're getting from fermentation. And then you're going to dry hop again with the keg-to-keg mechanism. I did a little bit of that. I didn't actually remove the hops, but added them about a week before the NHC this year. And the um, IPA that I had on the floor during club night, uh, it was good, but I think it started to take on a little bit of an over-dry hop character, which always comes across as metallic. To yeah, me. it was total shit, Nathan. I've been wanting sucked, to talk man. to you about that beer. <laughs> well, what do you expect when you drink beer off the floor? It's fucking, <laughs> fucking retarded. Yeah. I think some of the people, some of the listeners may have tasted that one, so I may give you a, a reference for that if you people remember it. But I had another keg that was served at the, at the uh, hospitality suite with you guys uh, for Brewing Network, which I didn't do that dry hop technique to, and I think was actually better so i guess the moral of the story is you can take it too far okay get some harsh vegetative flavors if you're happy with what's there it's a slippery slope sometimes to try and accentuate it a bit too much above and beyond that with any kind of serving or or post process uh, dry hopping once you're done with fermentation and packaging okay you want to try to tackle another question before we go to break absolutely all right let's try let's do that um, I, I, that, I've, that's it from the chat. I've got one more. Another one of your questions from, from emails. Can oh, we... no, that was that was the... Uh, I didn't bring another example, but that sort of captures the idea of what the listeners have been asking me over the last year, and we've hit on okay. uh, most of the points that, uh, that I'd want to about rally okay. from that. I, I do have another listener one then, too. I just, I just wanted to interweave both. But uh, So here, here's a question from the chat that... Uh, uh, 
from STEM. He says, I dry hop a lot, but I find I find that the hop flavor and aroma actually drops out pretty quickly. Yes. Uh, two to three weeks in the keg, um, and, and, and he's That's lost a lot of his That's absolutely true. Is and it? there's okay. almost no way to preserve that. Um, I found that some varieties will stay longer than others, and depending on, the, obviously, the recipe and your personal preference, um, opened up an IPA, that I a double IPA that I made in, in May recently, just last week. Noticed that the Summit and Columbus qualities of the dry hop were still there, but there was also Simcoe and Centennial in the dry hop, and those had pretty much dissipated entirely. So you can select for that a little bit with the hops that you choose. Yeah. But uh, in general, you're going to lose most of the really interesting aroma and flavor contribution from any dry hop within three to four weeks, okay. I think. My favorite part about uh, Russian River's Pliny the Elder packaging is the giant wording on the case that says, do not save this beer. No, it drink really it is. now. And so, Chad, I, I hope that you will stop bitching at me for drinking all your dry hopped beer <laughs> and s- trying to save it. I'm really just trying to help you. I'm trying, no to do the, I'm trying to do the right thing. It's for the beer scene. And get it done within two to three weeks, because uh, then it's going to turn it's to shit. It's going to be no good anymore. Take yeah. it up with your land down. Yeah, just trying to help. <laughs> you know, I had a question just in regards to losing sure. hop aroma. When you rouse the fermenter, Yes. When you're doing this dry hop. So when you're bubbling up CO2, I mean, are you bubbling out aroma? You are. You're bubbling out aroma, but it's a trade-off between getting more of that hop matter dissolved into the rest of the solution. I think it's a trade-off worth doing because you're going to get a little bit of that CO2 pushed out. But one of the things that Shea Comfort had mentioned when he was on the show, and I think that also fits into this equation, is you're getting things like sulfur out. Winemakers do that all the time during fermentation, and brewers kind of ignore that. But I think it's actually critical... Yeah, you know, not just a hoppy beer, but maybe agitating the ferment on other beer styles to get yeah. get aromas out you don't like. But you're like you know ten twelve psi quick you know blast of it and then two turn ways. It off. Yeah, if I'm doing it in a carboy, I will I'll gently swirl the carboy. And I'm not talking very vigorous, just you know little bit. You can see CO two evolving out. You know you're good. Um, doing it with a conical, I'll basically yeah connect CO two up through the bottom, set it at five psi. You know, open it up gently. You can see the th- the stuff bubbling out through the airlock. You know you're good. That's you know two ways in which you can do it, whether you're conical or carboy. Cool. Works great. Okay. Let me get us to a quick break. We'll come back and uh, we'll finish up some more dry hopping techniques and talk with Nathan Smith. You can join Jipper in the chat room. Just hit the chat now button. He's getting your questions over to me. The phone's not working too well because there's nobody to answer it. Uh, but you could try calling in Skype if you wanted to. Nathan Smith and dry hopping when we come back. Hang in there. Listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hi, I have a sixer of Lagunitas in the icebox. My roommate's gone for the weekend, and I'm wearing something flimsy. Listen, baby, I told her not to call me after eight. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I gotta go. Who is that? Your girlfriend? You loser. Shut up, thug. Did you guys get the cauldron set up on the altar of my art? Sir, if you weren't so busy getting booty calls, you know that. The hurricane furnace is using propane while you guys talk. All right, I'm using the scroll of Mosher to boil the first decoction. Nope, it's scorched. What do you do? Frack, scoop it out and try again. Thug, use your math rake. You took too long. The color is now dark and past the point where you can still call it a pilsner. Yes, sir. Uh, I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. What's this, Poindexter Urkel? Dude, can't you see we're in the middle of a brew session? 
Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. (gasps) Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you belch White Labs 833 and crap Simcoe? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs. Ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping. Only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the Cylon Detecting Three-Hearted Ale and the collector's item Super Alt. Mine's in mint condition because it's still in the box. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Sunday night, five o'clock rolls around. What's that sound? The voice of the brewing underground. I rush home. What's with the Abacast stream? Goddamn, it's almost time. Why don't you work, fucking thing? It's 5.02. I reboot. Ass hat iTunes. I hope Justin made the free FM commute. I'm on. Thank God. Not a moment too soon. Holy shit. I just got booted out of the chat room. I won't crack, motherfucker. When you do your risk in 02, I'll hail the Pope Jay-Z. Do like you told you. Do what you say. Well, okay. At least mostly. And hit that fucking whirlpool. Vigorous. Sometimes I don't. And I won't bitch. More than a little bitch. Violent. That sweet shit that likes like that arrow. Damn, my yeast will not prove and fucking booze being rude. Boom, that goes the blow off dude and fuck this old chat room. I want out, Justin Chef. That goes my chocolate stout. And I never want to hear the word run high skip out. I give up. 50G, why don't you push eject me? I'm screaming Gucci when D pushes me off the screen. Jamil, JP, Johnny G, I can't think, I can't think. But then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear screaming, Drink, motherfucker, drink, motherfucker, drink. The BN. Got me going for a silver or a gold. The BN. But do I bitch warm or cold? The BN. Groove, get unrefined. The Bruin Network. Five safe, five gallons at a time. The BN. Got me going for a silver or a gold. The BN. I need some TBS Bach, what a shock, cause always holding his stock, tick tock, the visa's unlocked, Sean, knock, knock, doc, can you walk the walk, pull out an airlock, a cock in his world flock, there's no mod box, into the mask goes a butt crack, like a true breeder, it's type of pale ale, my man, Boogita, Flooper, you beer nerds, that's how you just heard, the only man I know whose name is a cuss word, come hanging with Jays, I'm a jest and haggerty, and no one understands a word Daniela says, either biscuit the pit bull, or code right in full, with if you're a crack, if you got the Jane hat, do line excel with my hat. Go dip how mad bet trans is a low fat and lets me some grab ass. And what about Crouch Rock? He's more than just down the block. And then there's homegrown hops. He's missing just like us. No, I don't know. I can't see. I can't see. But then I hear Doc's little voice in my ear screaming, Who's gonna be out in the desert with me? The BN. Got me going for a silver or a gold. The BN. But 
trade wreck. You wrote another verse to the song. Hell yeah, what about a shun? Beneath thee, come like the fire me. I'm talking about the way your funk makes me call thee. White Rose, come on, Chris, go ahead and ship me a vibe on the sweet little hose. That's a big fat red head. It must be Sean O'Bet. Or it could be Roger's ass smack. I might hit that. With this bitch, a flying donkey fist. Calling K's the shit. Downtown mess scientist. Trizzle, bizzle, my man, Chris Graham. Next to Morgan. I hope he'll indeed prove to be hot. Damn, Sean Pakistan is Gordon Commandant. I'm taller than you're both lying down. Just don't stand down. We go. Big don't cry. Although, we're gonna rock the fucking roof right off this beast. Go. BN. Gonna be going for a silver or gold. The BN. But do my bitch warm or cold. The BN. Groove. Get unrefined. The Bruin Network. I'm saving five gallons at a time. The BN. I could have mixed it with chocolate and vagina. It still wouldn't help. Drink! Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And it's so. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> the home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. To the program, everybody. We got Nathan Smith in the studio with yeah. us talking about some dry hopping beer. Dry hopping. And uh, on top of that, Nathan Smith's band will be playing in October. Yes, October uh, 30th at the Metro in Oakland. For those uh, SF Bay Area locals, look for uh, it's a show with Ghoul and Cannabis Corpse. And oh, bra- really? Yeah, and Brain Oil. My band is uh, Brain Oil. So anyone into, <laughs> wow. into heavy music... Uh, I recommend checking that out. Did the the sunshine flower and rainbow kettle um, uh, band bail out? I don't know what happened. The happiness happiness tree uh, syndrome? Supposed to be opening up. I only listen to Screamo now, Nathan, so I won't be making (laughs) the show. I like like emotional screaming music. Emotional screaming music. (laughs) You left me! Yeah, that's uh, the right mix of postmodern uh, rock and roll and, right. and hardcore aggressive music for you. Yeah, and awfulness. So if you're not going to, uh, if you if you won't be writing a couple screamo songs between now and October, I will not be attending the show. <laughs> oh, well, you know, <laughs> I will be we'll there. Try look at brainoil.com. Maybe I'll put a, a screamo song up there oh, for I'd, everybody. I would love it. Yeah. Would you like me to write the lyrics for you? I've yeah, got a lot of miserable, <laughs> a lot of sad things I running you around and my head. You <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Let, let's write a song for BNA Five. Yeah, you and oh. me can do a screamo, and then uh, Nate here can back it since up. Since I didn't, since perfect. I didn't finish the song for BNA Four with JP, I feel, uh, right. feel kind of lame about that. We should do one for BNA Five. By Make the way, you it. can buy in the Brewing Network store the Brewing Network Anniversary Four shirts. That's are right, for oh. purchase. You, Nathan, quite oh. fantastic design, if I do say so myself. Oh. Quite JP, artistic. You're fired. Get Good. Out. <laughs> All right. Later. <laughs> I have cats to groom. We better see those at the GABF. Everyone going, man. Where your BNA for sure. Where am I now? 
Yeah, check Hell that out. Yeah, I'm wearing mine too. One. I'm wearing the black version. Yeah, she's wearing uh, yeah, I will be bringing some to the GABF as, uh, as along with two brand new designs uh, nice. that I oh. think everyone's going to be really excited about. Uh, I think Chad's the only one in the room who's seen them, and I don't think I showed no. you the final version of the of, of the one I'm real excited about. I'm keeping them under wraps. They will be for sale at the uh, GABF, and then uh, uh, whatever's left, uh, it's kind of our test market. I'll determine uh, what people are excited about, and, and that's all the order for the store. So. Uh, okay. Well, Nathan, I thought what we could do to talk a little bit more of, uh, about dry hopping is is get a little technical ab- yep. about what's happening. I mean, I, I guess the simple answer to why we dry hop is that we want to get that aroma and that, and that flavor, e- even the flavor. In, even some flavor, yeah. In the beer. But, you know, I want to know what's happening, and I want to talk about the, the oils. Chad was was talking to you right. before the show. I thought he brought up uh, just a really great topic about what the, the different oils uh, are. So Absolutely. could you shed some light onto that? Yes. So when we're dry hopping, we really the main thing that we're really doing at that point is we're getting hop oils into solution. And it's tough to do because oils only comprise about half a percent to maybe 3% of the overall matter that's in the hops to begin with. So you can imagine how tough that would be to extract up to maybe 3% maximum of the entire um, goodies from the hops in your beer. So... Let's think for a little bit about that. And even though there's such a small fraction of what's the active ingredient in the hops, there's over 250 compounds in those hop oils. And they're grouped into two different, uh, two different families of, of hydrocarbons, basically uh, monoterpenoids and sesquiterpenoids. Now, that's a tough word to say after you've had some beer, but think about those words for a minute. A lot of this information comes from Matt Brunelson. Why, the, by the way, he's a, a brilliant hop chemist, so I, I can't take a lot of credit to myself. I, I'm sure you uh, can. He doesn't listen to the repeating show. a lot of yeah, stuff that, that Matt has taught us. And, on to it. No, so my role Matt is to uh, translate that stuff for uh, for us kind of homebrewer guys on the street. So let's break that down for a second. Monoterpenoids are the hydrocarbons that are associated with uh, fresh dry hop aroma in American brewing. So you hear terms like uh, you know oils that are in the hops like myrcene or linalool or geranol or limonene. Those are monoterpenoids, and they're highly volatile compounds. Traditional brewing practice disregards their importance. It, it says that you're going to volatize these off in the kettle. When you boil, it doesn't make a difference in your final beer. And that's sort of the German uh, technical brewing side of thinking about the monoterpenoids, is that because they're not doing aggressive dry hopping like we are in the United States, they're not really concerned with those type of, those type of oils. Right. So that family of oils tends to get ignored a little bit, but they're crucial for American styles, and especially the American citrus hops, the the really interesting stuff that we want all comes from those monoterpenoids. So thinking about them in context of uh, of brewing or, or of oils and hops is really important. So the other side of that equation is the sesquiterpenoids. When they oxidize, they're associated with a noble hop aroma, and that's really where the brewing science around hops is really focused on the, the sesquiterpenoids and um, alpha humulene and beta carophyllene. So thinking about German brewing technique, something like a Northern German Pils, would be really concerned about these, uh, those two primary uh, components of the sesquiterpenoid family because for a high-quality hop, they're really looking for a 3-to-1 ratio 
of the alpha humulin to beta carophyllene. And that's going to give you some of that hop aroma that you associate with a really good German pills, mm. or maybe even a really good Hellas, or something right. like that. So, that, so that, that sort of clean, noble, yet spicy, still pungent. and Yeah, exactly. Spicy, you know, a little bit pungent. You can tell the hops are there, yeah. but it's not n- nowhere near the citrus dank right. American type of... Uh, type of you know aroma you'd expect from those oils okay. so those oils in traditional brewing world are pretty well understood those sesquiterpenoids and really a lot of the academic brewing texts don't really talk about the monoterpenoids so much so folks like matt brittleson who are you know super knowledgeable and focusing on this now in their process are thinking about you know what sort of equivalent could we have to that three to one ratio of the alpha humulin to the beta carophyllene. Is there one for the monoterpenoids that would make sense for us? And one that's been proposed and that maybe have gained some traction is the, the percentage of limonene in the monoterpenoids. Then limonene is something that you're going to get a big grapefruit quality out of, maybe something that's a little bit in this uh, wet hop beer that we tasted earlier. And hops are you know, normally associated with this big limonene content would be uh, some of the usual suspects you might suspect, like Cascade, Centennial, Simcoe. Yeah. So that may be one metric that we can use to judge, you know, is the oil content good for American-style hoppy beers? You know, can we use limonene sort of the similar to that three-to-one ratio that had been used for the sesquiterpenoids hist- historically? And there's, you know, we have pretty good modern examples of those hops in beers that people like, so that could could sort of back that up to some degree. Um one interesting thing, too, I should mention about these two families of oils is that the, the sesquiterpenoids, the kind that are associated with the noble hop aroma, are really stable in solution, and they're easy to get in solution, as opposed to the monoterpenoids, which are tough to get into, into solution. Okay, see, so this is something... I'm glad you're bringing this up about mm-hmm. getting it in solution, because this is something that, uh, that I find interesting. And, and Jamil, you guys were just talking about it on the show the other day. And so just to, just to dumb it down, yep. right... We're talking about hop oils and getting right. them into a liquid solution. Yep. And I had, and I don't know why. Probably because I'm slow. I had never really kind of put the two together and got you know oil and water don't mix. Right. It's a very difficult thing to do Absolutely. to get oil into into solution with water. And every every uh, fifth grader does the experiment where you get to see that. Right. 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 So uh, I guess that's the you know in talking about how it is that we're actually getting these oils into solution because since that's the goal. Right. It, it, for one, I guess, explains why it's so inefficient. The amount of oil we actually get into solution, these, some of these compounds and volatiles you're talking about is pretty low right, compared correct. to how much we're putting in. Yes. Um, but then, yeah, so, so, so how are we maximizing this process where we're making oil mixed with water? That's part of the reason why I think that agitation, which I had mentioned a little bit before the break, taking the fermenter and somehow blowing CO2 up through it, or taking so a carboy and swirling it gently, exactly, some of that... You're, you're helping the hops have more physical contact with the solution. Yeah. Therefore, that oil and water, you know, paradox, you're going to get a little bit more of that actually in the final product because you're sort of forcing the matter to have more contact with the liquid. Right. So one interesting data point, not in, not in terms of just hop oil, but thinking about just overall bitterness has this problem too. How are we going to get alpha acids into solution? Right. One of the things that Mitch Steele had mentioned is that as... You know, alcohol and overall carbohydrate quantities are going to help you carry higher amounts of IBU in the final beer. So you could have a barley wine that may exceed 100 IBU. A standard pale ale? Probably not. 
because you're having much less alcohol, much less carbohydrate content than you'd have for, obviously, an American barley wine. That's interesting. That's one reason why, and I don't know if the same holds true for hop oils, but I would guess, at least maybe for alcohol, that possibly does. Yeah. Alcohol may, may help dissolve some of those hop oils into solution, at least to some degree, during a dry hop, and that may help you get more of that in the final beer. And okay. You have a also, question, Chad? Yeah, yeah I do. Sure it does. Yeah, it's, it's, a sol- it's, a, it's a good it's a solvent. solvent, right? Yeah. It's another one besides water. So, yeah, I'm sure it acts. Yeah, and, you know, and with the alcohol in there, a lot of people always ask, you know, man, is this going to, like, ruin my beer? You know, these, these hops aren't boiled if I add them to, you know, post-fermentation, blah, blah, right. blah. Uh, will the alcohol kind of fight that? Will that help? So you don't bring any kind of bad things into it? I think it, when it you will, do? actually. I, that's one of the reasons why. So I made the, this wet hop beer that we tasted earlier. Last year's example, I think, suffered a little bit from whatever bugs may have come in from the hops right from my yard. That's one reason why I bumped up this year's version of it to about 8 9%. That's where a lot of some of the nastier bacteria and whatnot will mm. really drop off their uh, effectiveness at about 8 or 9% alcohol in solution. Because no. we have to assume that your hops growing in your backyard in Oakland, in and Oakland. I'm not really making a joke here, I mean, <laughs> no, no, are seriously. covered in bacteria of all Absolutely. sorts, right? I mean, just covered mm-hmm. in... Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, I live in the middle of a, you know, in an urban area. I mean, right. whatever's in the air is, is on these hops. I so. mean, the guy with his paper bag of beer probably pissed on your hops, exactly. at least at some point. <laughs> exactly. So you are... I think it's or an the, excellent question. the guy question. walking by smoking a cigarette you know, or something, right? There's smoke yeah. that's probably... In, or whatever, you know what I mean? There's just stuff in the air that's going to be on the hops that if you're making a little bit bigger beer you know a little bit higher alcohol you have a greater chance of limiting the effects of some of the nasty bacteria that you don't want in and, there and right. yeast and wild yeast right? and wild yeast exactly you're limiting their effects too i mean not to mention right that there's less food in this finished beer than there is wort for exactly. any of these bacteria right Absolutely. so i mean you've you've the so the, pH, the usable sugar has been eaten the ph has dropped usable right. sugar has been eaten and you have alcohol content right and still hops into it's solution. Not a very friendly environment so it's i think it's that we're certainly introducing a lot of foreign things that we don't necessarily want in our beer sure but there's nothing they can do yeah it's right? a hostile environment for them yeah and yep. i do think if you if you would repeat it you you did say you you found it to be a little better at eight nine percent than you Absolutely. did at last year's version which was what six six, six or seven to, six to yeah about six to six and a half i think actually making a you know, because that's sort of the common thinking of making a wet hop beer or a harvest ale is that you would do something maybe a little bit bigger than a pale ale or along the lines of a standard IPA. I'm thinking actually you might want to make it even bigger than that to sort of limit the effects of any uh, critters that may end up in the beer during your during your dry hop process. I mean, making the bigger it, the beer, the more hops you got to put. The in. bigger, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it may be a little bit tough it up for the other on area, the though. commercial scale. Maybe a little bit tough because they don't necessarily have that much uh, yeah. wet, undried hop material available. But the home brewer, yeah, yeah maybe you do. If, yeah, commercially, if you, I'm sure they worry about knockout so, right? because they're going to. It's yeah. got so much uh, matter in yeah, it's there. It's pretty ridiculous. You can hardly get any beer out of the boil, you know. Yeah, it's worth considering. I think it made a better beer overall, and this is one. Of the, this is the favorite wet hop beer that I've done so far, and I think that yeah. alcohol content is uh, one reason why. And hmm. Were you worried about maybe you know the oils on your hands as well, or when you do dry hop, maybe with pellets? Is that going to be absorbed? Have you ever heard of that being? I, I guess it could. I mean, if you don't overhandle the hops, and like I've I've really hop. heard like people won't buy hops from. Like a more beer or something because oh well they just package them and people are touching them. Somebody touched that. them. I'm mm. not doing that. I mean yeah, I That's guess crazy. It's a, it's a I've never heard that in my entire life, Chad. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> right. Give me something to throw at your stupid face. <laughs> I no, think I, that, you honestly, know. I, mean, I think it's I think it's something to bring up, but it I, I, it can't be any more than what's happening out in the field and when it's being handled then uh, right. in pre packaging. I guess and, one thing you could say in defense of that is that you know when the hops normally come off the field they're kiln hot process okay. and then they're stored cold 
in freezing okay. or cold temperatures, which could limit the uh, you know growth at least of any nasties that may be on there. But actually, Matt Bernilson had done a, a study of this where they'd plated all the microorganisms that they'd found on hops that came into the brewery and found that none of them were. You know, all of them were bacterias, of course, of some kind, but none of them were beer spoilers, what they call the worst of the worst. Okay. So, you know, based on that sort of information, we can have pretty good confidence that, yeah, okay, you may introduce a couple of guys, but they're generally not going to yeah. turn the beer into something that's totally undrinkable. Guys? You know, guys, I mean, <laughs> meaning, uh-huh. meaning, I mean, uh, so I would dudes, say then, uh, bacterias. <laughs> I mean, that sounds to me that, like, unless it's uh, JP's ball-filled hands, that are packaging well, these hops. Well, that's an exception. Yes, it's probably fine. I think they well, keep JP off the actual uh, working floor these days, so you're yeah. probably okay <laughs> well, from that one. Actually, um, you know, we do package them in a dry weight machine, so nobody actually touches them, and then if they oh, do, they have go. gloves on. Okay. So, um, thanks, Chad. So even your ball-filled hands, you would, they would make <laughs> yeah. you wear gloves. Oh, I'm way beneath, or way above uh, <laughs> I think you had it right the first time. Hops. Yeah, beneath hops. I'm more of a toilet guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I package our cleaning should, products. I should yeah. mention while we're kind of in the middle of this discussion that gave, JP gave me some really. JP. I almost said JP. That's really yeah, what the fuck. Yeah. yeah, he gave me yeah. he gave me some really cool hop, hop aroma tabs. Yeah, good, oh. Nate. Great. You want from, to hand uh, this back to me from Hop <laughs> Union? <laughs> it's it's just the aroma what are they? aroma portion of a hop pellet essentially. So what do you, you, you put it in water? Or? Concentrated like aroma little tablets. Yeah, like so it's little tablets. You could use them like a dry hop, correct? Yeah. Oh, you use them in beer. It's you can not, use them I as a dry they, hop or yeah, in the boil. Yeah, about those. Or I thought boil. they just were like a, a, a testing to, to, but you could actually use them in the beer. Yeah. It's a concentrated aroma compounds from the from hops, so just the oils, supposedly. And it sounds really cool. I'd like to try this as a dry hop in maybe a pale ale to yeah. begin with. And or see a union really jack. What does Brittleson yeah. say? Oh, he, 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 he likes every, it. Every beer really? I go to, I say, really, I really like the aroma and union jack. They always go, extract. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah? Interesting. That could very well be. Well, a lot of brewers use extract, too. Yeah. So. Pliny the Elder. Uh-huh. Really? Well, this is on the end, though. Pliny the Elder, Pliny's a true. bittering extract. Yeah. I don't I don't know that he does use it a dry for, for aroma. Interesting. Why not? Why not? You know, guess, and that's another thing I thought about when you're talking about these compounds and, and what they equal. I, I mean, there was a point where you, uh, it was the uh, uh, sec. So, uh, sesquiterpenoids. Thank you. Yes, the uh, noble hop. That would be that would be more associated with sort of the 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 grapefruit flavor that we were talking about. Is that those are the German hop, noble hop ones, the spicy ones. The grapefruit ones would be the monoterpenoids. The monoterpenoids. Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Either way, so fast food companies, right? Yes. Have these? They have. Uh, let's just McDonald's has yes. a research facility where they where they deal with compounds that are flavor and aroma, right. and essentially the. You know that French, that wonder, and believe me, I love it. That wonderful French fry smell that comes out of a McDonald's <laughs> is. Um, Big round of applause for French fries. <laughs> it's very much a contri. Uh, uh, they studied it and they figured right. out exactly which compounds it was, and yeah. they're and they're placed into the fries. I mean, they're yes. they're, they're, they're they're these. Artificially placed in it. So but they're natural compounds. I, no, they are. I mean, sure. I'm not saying they're putting chemicals in our food. They're natural food compounds. In fact, right. anytime you see any... Read the packaging on your foods, your, your beverages. It all says natural flavoring, right? Well, they're not lying to you. These are, these are compounds that occur naturally in nature. The difference is that they have taken these natural compounds and really selected them, focused on them, and put in the exact amount to give you that grape, exactly. that grape juice flavor that we all oh, love. That's a good point. I wonder if beer will somehow reach that point. Somebody it should. They somebody, will, somebody will isolate limonene, maybe? Really? It, it's called a gas... Yeah. 
Gas chromatograph. Chrom- exactly. exactly. And they yeah. basically, they can pick out what they want. Right. And pretty much, yeah. It's, and uh, then emphasize it in different places. All, yeah, throughout the whole process. It's beautiful. Okay. I mean, anyway. And that's exactly what I was thinking about as you're talking about these things. And it's just that we've not... Uh, uh, you know, brewing is still an ancient process. Yeah, brewing hasn't quite got to that point. Yeah. It's probably all to, about money. Is that, you know, yeah. that, uh, you know, return on investment isn't there yet, but maybe <laughs> okay. someday it will be. I, I, mean, I absolutely believe yeah. that it will be. Yeah. That we will have a much more focused, uh, which will be good or bad, who cares. But uh, I think it absolutely will be, be no, the it's science of the yeah. compounds rather than, than the growing of a product and throwing it in Regardless solution. Regardless of what and people hoping, think, you know, it yeah. will probably happen. Yeah. yeah. I bet you're right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just it's an it's a really interesting comparison. It's it's really not very different than food science right it's now. True. It's just that food science is a lot further along in figuring out these oils and these compounds you're talking about. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, so the people, you know, studying hop oils are probably looking at these sort of things and that's one reason why they're people like Matt have proposed this idea of thinking about can we put a metric on monoterpenoids right. for a double IPA brewer and you could buy a hop that has, you know, uh, specific, you know, limonene percentage content that's advertised up front. You know, this year's crop of Columbus, for example, has you know X amount versus last year. That kind of thing. It's not part of the common nomenclature yet, right? But this is what the brewers are proposing. Maybe we think about it in that context because just thinking about alpha acid or just thinking about how traditionally hop oils were calculated for a good hop aroma yeah. isn't working for a modern you know double IPA brewer or a pale ale brewer or a brown ale, American brown ale brewer or something like that it sure. just doesn't say enough about it it just doesn't say enough about it exactly you didn't know more about the flavors that are actually in there one thing I should mention as well is when thinking about hop oils is that a lot of the American high alpha varieties or the super alpha varieties like high alpha being uh, Columbus or uh, Centennial to some degree or Amarillo the super alphas being Apollo or Summit Mm-hmm. Where they're hitting like you know fifteen percent alpha acid plus, the the high alpha and super alpha acid have more oil content as a part of the active ingredients than the lower um, alpha acid hops do. For example, Cascades about a point eight to about one point five percent oil, and when you get up to Summit, it's about two to two and a half percent oil. So that's one thing that can really help the home brewer, I think, directly. Is if you're picking a hop that you want to have a big aroma impact. Think about picking a higher alpha hop. I mm. think that's going to actually help you. I had this interesting discussion with Roger Davis at some point in the last year when he didn't show me his ass. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'd picked a Apollo, which is a new hop from Hop Steiner, a really high alpha dwarf hop, so, somewhat similar in its uh, pedigree or at least its uh, research to uh, um, Summit, and they'd use that in their double IPA that they had brewed for the. Um, uh, Bistro Wet Hot, or the Bistro Double IPA Fest in February and won a uh, second place award with that beer. Hmm. I think one thing that really helped that beer stand out is he had found a really interesting hop, super fresh, with a high oil content because it was one of these new super alpha varieties. So think about dry, if you're dry hopping and want to make a big, massive double IPA or big American barley wine, um, you know, maybe think about using Summit or Cascade, or sorry, not Cascade, Summit or Columbus. Or something like Apollo, if you can get it. I mean, uh, yeah, Bravo. I think another one of your sponsors, Nico Brew, I yeah. think actually has a lot of really high alpha hops that may be tough to get from other sources. And a lot of homebrewers have been a fan of getting hops from them recently because they have some more esoteric ones. So that's worth looking at for the the BN audience. 
Look at those. Tasty, did Nathan just rock your dry hopping world? Uh, you're kind of shaking your head about thinking about those oils and dry hopping instead of just an alpha acid. I think he's and, shaking the cobwebs more than anything. Oh, he was just trying to wake up. Yeah. What was I thinking about? <laughs> I was thinking about bunnies and Chad uh, running on cars. the beach in his... I, I was able to get a hold of this uh, other uh, high alpha uh, hop, uh, Citra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. GRA. Mm-hmm. And it's like 11, 11 alpha. It's kind of amazing. Really? Yeah. Uh, if you uh, want to it's learn... It's really, really aromatic, though. If you want to learn about Citra, tune into the Brewing Network during the GABF. There's a What's New in Brewing panel, and uh, I don't know. Very cool. Uh, Very cool. The moderator told me. <coughs> that's me. Uh, that, uh, oh, is it you? It's me. Oh. <laughs> that's how I know. I'm just trying to, <laughs> just trying to be sly about how I know. It uh, didn't work. You're an insider. We're going to talk about some Citra. And uh, right, I'll be there. I, the rumor is that uh, citrus going to be everywhere in the coming year. So uh, find really? out what's new I, in brewing. I have, a, I have a beer right here made with citra. Uh, and, uh, like swine really? flu? You don't have any, no. Uh, great Chad, aroma. Dick. What, now I'm on the JP list? You don't like me right either? In the kitchen. Yeah, you and me. <laughs> Shit. JP's got some. I think maybe oh, JP got <laughs> Finally. I'm below JP. Yeah, 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 the yeah you are. Miser. Nathan, can we start a, a, a screamo band called Super screamo. Alpha Acid? Super Alpha Acid? I think it'd be a good... <laughs> yeah, that uh, might work. Yeah, screamo you never know. Band. Yeah. All right, yeah, look, a couple of questions from the chat. Cool. Um, Extra Medium <laughs> wants to know... Extra uh, Medium. How do you get that that piney, kick-you-in-the-junk flavor from a dry hop? That, that pine type of a... Real pine type of thing. I would say you'd want to go with a hop like Simcoe blended with Columbus. Would really get you that piney Columbus, especially is going to give you that dank type of quality. <laughs> okay, dank, dank, dank meaning you know what yeah. you think it is. Yeah. And uh, Simcoe really having this big evergreen, um, you know, pine tar. Going back to the beginning of the show, I think. It, yeah. I was kind of expecting maybe that someone would come away with pine tar uh, Simcoe kind of cl- uh, comparisons between those two German style beers. But anyway, um, yeah, Simcoe and Columbus, I think is your is your ticket on that one. Try try that. Okay. Extra medium. Check it out. Check See what you think. <laughs> I know we kind of went over this about the length of time, uh, yep. uh, but uh, we can just cover it quickly. Gnome Brewer, you know, wants to know uh, what's the longest people leave beer on the dry hop. Some people have no problem leaving it there for six, eight weeks and not really, in, you know, noticing any off flavors. Some folks will notice a grassy or a vegetative flavor even after about four weeks or two weeks. I would say two weeks maximum. And certainly, in some cases. People are never removing the beer from the dry hop. That's like you're right. talking about the, uh, you put the it in filter. The yes. Um, so it's also something that could be there for the life of the beer. Um, that actually is going to help you out in drinking that beer quickly after Chad makes it. Right. And dry hops the beer in the keg. Yeah. You got to drink that beer fast. That's I'm going right. to be. In, Chad's going to be wondering why I'm encouraging to dry hop everything. He's, <laughs> he's going to make like a blonde tomorrow. You should dry hop that, Chad. It's like put your it, life in the keg. Uh, okay. Yeah. Just pour pint after pint then, yeah. you know? It's totally dry. I think, uh, wouldn't just, it be uh, great if you dry hopped that? Just don't tell him you dry hopped anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't write that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, here's a question from a Blobber Gleeby 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 Glop. That's the short version. He wants to know a question for Nathan. Um, when dry hopping that Harvest Ale that we had, yes. you told, um, how the hell did you get Nicole to be interested in you? <laughs> <laughs> I had to wait till she was at work until I did that kind of stuff. Is that yeah, a one part question? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I two, I think he no, snuck actually, that actually, in. Uh, I think he means in general. No how the hell in is general? Nicole interested in your nerdy <laughs> in general? Ass? Yeah, uh, right. She's pretty nerdy, too. So. <laughs> I see. When you guys, when you guys see her at he the GABF, he does say bravo. If you guys see her at the GABF, talk to her about nerdy stuff. She'll love that. She'll, uh, yeah. Okay, go right for it. Yep. Uh, okay, let's see. Jip. 
What? Best, best, best. What? what the hell? Let me, let me look and see what I sent you. Maybe I sent you some weird sex thing. Uh, the Bruce Slut. Oh, yeah, Bruce Slut. Wants to know, Jippa, please ask the guest if extracted tannic acid from nuts could no. be could be used for, for bittering. I told him, I, was oh. like, I have no idea what the hell you're if talking you want, about. It sounds tannic acid. That sounds really harsh. Like, if you want extra tannins, <laughs> yeah. maybe you'd put that in or something. I don't know. Right. Otherwise, oh, no. leave leave nuts to JP. Leave well, nuts to somebody else. It's a follow-up. He says, I'm processing acorns for bread and possibly beer, oh. and they have to be boiled to cut down on the tannic acids bittering mm. so you can eat them. Wondering if this acid could be used to bitter. Interesting. I'm going to tell him, uh, I don't know, why don't you try Experiment. it instead of asking Nathan. Hops are cheap Me enough. Acid is for some right. Use those to bitter and be... And call it good, I guess. Yeah, and I think in general, the word tannin or tannic and beer are yeah, it's a, it's generally a, it's not a good thing. I mean, some some amount of yeah. tannins in wine, I guess, are acceptable. I don't even I'm yeah. out of my element there. So don't okay, know how to uh, comment. But uh, there's there's a beer that I poured at the break, which is kind of an interesting yeah. uh, phenomenon. So I've been playing around with this idea for those that remember the last WIPA show. One of the beers we drank on that show was essentially a Belgian style triple as the malt bill and a double IPA as the hop bill. Had a lot of fun doing that, but sort of backed down from that idea since. And I think that the most elegant uh, interpretation of that idea is something like the La Rolls Triple, where the American-style hops only add a, a certain amount of complexity where the esters and phenols from the yeast can't. Um, so using American hops as an accent may, as, a, as opposed to being in the center point of the stage. So not a dry hop beer. We poured this, uh, this beer at the break, and it uses one American hop variety. I'm kind of curious what you might think that American hop variety is, Justin. Yeah, Chad put me to the test at that on the break too. <laughs> Did you get one? He likes it when I'm on not, the spot. He likes when I'm not good at things to make me <laughs> or Chad, talk about them. Or Chad or Tasty or JP. There's one Let's American hop Justin variety. Yeah, I'll go for it. So it's a it's a sing. By the way, the beer is great. Um, Thanks. A little bit of heat to it, like there should be. It's a triple, you said, right? Yeah, it's a little bit of spice, a little bit of alcohol. It's about eight point three percent. I'm gonna say Mount Hood. Mount Hood. Good. Good. Uh, Guess? That's a guess. That's didn't he guess. say? Didn't he say me? Guess? He said Justin. Justin. He said or. I won't say either way yet. God, you're so. You want to talk about it? <laughs> we haven't talked in a while. You can say Mount Hood too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can I just? Because yeah. I was totally going to say Mount Hood. I was going to say yes. Mount. No, you ruined it. It's very I'm really, graham cracker. Uh, I really too. am not good uh, at picking anything. out hop uh, profiles or much of anything <laughs> for that matter. I'm good at throwing parties. Well, and that I can do. Maybe. Mm. Oh yeah, when's that start? Let's see. <laughs> Damn. Is he going to guess? Do we need more people in here to pick on? Wow. He, he woke up just to insult you and then fell back asleep. <laughs> still it's an American hop. Yeah, there's one American hop in <laughs> it. It's Chinook. Added the flame out. Mount. Chinook? <laughs> no, no, it's not my guess. Mount. Uh, what is this? Flame Lancer thing? I'm trying to think about it. Or Liberty. I'm trying to think logically. Or Liberty? Yeah. I think it's Amarillo. Well done. It is. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know more Chad. than you think, oh, man. Suck it. Wow. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to well say done, Justin. All right. Wow. Well done. Yeah. How about that? No, I wasn't going to say Amarillo. No? Nope. No. Me neither. Good guess. So it's, that's no. one of those hops that has it was this, a guess, this right? big tangerine and almost peach <laughs> type yeah. of flavor. Yeah. That's sort of some flavors that uh, Belgian ale yeast doesn't kick out so much of, but sort of can complement... You know the apple or uh, pear-like flavors you can get from Belgian ale yeast. So this was done with the um, Bastogne ale yeast from White Labs, the uh, the Platinum series from May to June WLP five ten, and then a little bit of Amarillo added in the flame out. But the idea is 
to give it enough of that familiar quality of an American hoppy beer yeah. for the West Coast beer drinker, but not be so obvious as to, you know, big citrus, big dank, that kind of right. thing, right? So, Oh, I think it fits great. I think it works really well as, as a... Uh, as an accent, not as a main player in the middle of the stage. Like you can right. use these aggressive hops of the big oil content, like Amarillo, to accentuate other ingredients like yeast if you're careful about it. I mean, we have this tendency, since American brewers have discovered those hops, to just go overboard all the time. And some of the more interesting ideas, if you're, you're dealing with how, you know, combining it with yeast, you have to be a little bit more careful. I think as if you add too much uh, dry hop or late hop of an American-style citrus hop with Belgian ale yeast, it will taste too phenolic. It will mm. accentuate like a Band-Aid-like flavor or a clove-like flavor, which may not even be there to begin with. Right. But, but if it accentuates something similar to it, even. Exactly. It yeah. changes, it, you know, perception is everything, right? You can say that's well, not what I intended, but it doesn't matter if that's what comes across to the person drinking it, right? And there's that Belgian brewery uh, that did, it, you can still buy it. Uh, uh, Oblon Chouf. There you go. And yes. I do believe, uh, maybe you can help me, I they think used they used of, Amarillo. A lot of Amarillo and, a yeah. lot of, and some saws, yeah. And it's, but I think they used it wrong, if there's a wrong. Uh, you know, I tend to agree a bit. That was kind of my starting point in making this this style of beer, is that they had said, you know, here's our double IPA triple. Right. Kind of a funny name. Well, and sort that of how was they their project. That beer, they right? wanted to take yeah. their style of beer and, and, and do this, uh, you know, uh, hybrid with American IPAs. Correct. So, you know, so that being said for them, that that's... That's really what they were going for. I don't like the beer. I didn't like the bitter outcome. Right. I, I just so. But here's a case where you know maybe they could have been a little uh, less gung ho about trying to exactly. use these American hops and 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 done something a little nicer. Exactly. I think American hops can be used to complement the yeast character, but you yeah. don't want it to overpower it or odd things start to pop out. Like the hops start to not taste so interesting, <laughs> and the yeast flavors not start to taste not so interesting if you yeah. go too too far. I mean, for homebrewers that want to play around with this, I think hops that work well with the Belgian ale yeast are tend to be more citrus, more like Amarillo or Centennial, okay. and less of Columbus or um, or Summit, or less of the dank and piney like uh, Simcoe. I don't think would work necessarily well with the Belgian right. ale yeast. You want to go more traditional. Uh, just straight citrus or big citrus with some of the newer um, super citrus varieties like Amarillo or Centennial. Uh, and this Centennial. was uh, flame out, you said, on, on this flame out. So yeah, you're no, not talking about bittering here. No dry hop. Yeah, bittering yeah. was just done with... Uh, this batch was Warrior. I've done it with Nugget or Warrior, and they're they're a little bit interchangeable. You could use nice, no a nice clean holler towel, too. No dry hop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let the yeast kind of come through. But uh, it's kind of a cool thing to think about, like, as... T- you know, use use the citrus aggressive qualities of American type of hops, but don't let them overpower too much. Yeah. So, if, uh, listeners who may be interested in this concept, um, I'll have a pro am beer I did with Triple Rock this year. It's the same triple that we're Triple Rock, we're, Triple Rock Triple. that we're tasting on the show. Uh, so go to the pro am booth. It'll be there on Saturday uh, day session and Saturday night session. Um, it'll be the Verhaus Triple at the uh, pro am booth. So check that out. It's uh, Amarillo in the zero minute, and that one was. Warrior, yeah. So Warrior and Amarillo. Chad, have you brewed a triple yet? I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Did I drink it all? No, we drank it all, though, together. Oh, okay, good. There was a group effort. Did, did we, it did we hug and cry afterward when we drank it all May together? Have. <laughs> yeah, we might have. I did, since you mentioned that this is your pro-am beer, I want to talk about that for a second. So yeah. I'm on uh, Facebook. Ah, Facebook. The other day. And you know how it has the ads on the side? Right? Yes. Not many ads. Not, we're talking, not talking big banners. They have little, yeah. tiny, text-based little kind of thing. text ads. 
some motherfucker is is advertising his pro am beer. Oh really? really? Oh. Come by on oh, Thursday and drink my pro am beer. And I'm In thinking a about Google it. ad. Is it? Uh, or I, like I that? forget. Is it a People's Choice Award? No, Do we it's vote? Not. It's no, judged. No, 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 that doesn't matter. I couldn't remember because I was like, yeah. if this is People's Choice, no, I gotta. I might have to wow. not eat ramen this week and buy Tasty some goddamn ads. What a brilliant <laughs> idea! <laughs> because this is bullshit. Yeah. Wouldn't want to get out PR'd. Yeah, not so. That's really. Like, it's really interesting. Homebrewing's come a long way if people are paying money to PR their. Well, it's really beer. you can. You so he's can, actually talking about coming to have it at the GABF. He said, yeah. "Come wow. on." He he created a fake. Like, he pro- I, we probably know him. I, I'm calling him an asshole. Well, I, I, I want to drink. I want to uh, have a beer he, with him. He there, created yeah. a Facebook page for his. His oh, pro oh, beer. Become a fan you can of, become a fan oh, of his oh, pro oh, beer. I see. Oh, I see. I and it. then what he did was he promoted his Facebook page, his his fan on the, on page with an ad. Very and, technically savvy. And like I said, I, I didn't remember if it was a People's Choice thing because I was if it wasn't. Uh, I, seriously, I was like, oh, I gotta. As soon as Tasty gets home, we're gonna have a talk. <laughs> right. I, I gotta right. figure this. We're out. gonna have a bigger page. talk. <laughs> That's weird. I have my Facebook up and I have a Dungeons and Dragons ad. Weird. And. To, uh, oh. And then a grab your weapon and a who needs killing ad. <laughs> and a. Nice. Like, and, mo- a uh, like, wow, and a suicide hotline yeah. ad. <laughs> Seriously, what the yeah, hell? They, they target those ads at you, what you do on there. Date yeah. local yeah. singles. And a Xanax <laughs> exactly, ad. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, date local males. That's just weird. Uh, <laughs> they have that? What side is that? Yeah. Or animals. Right. So I'm curious, Tasty. Um, yeah, but you speaking, are speaking Nate, of pro ham, I'll be regular Tasty. Uh, that kind of yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> so the pro ham beer I did this year had no dry hop. Speaking of dry hop, yeah. you did a uh, obviously a really fantastic beer with uh, Russian River. Yeah. Anything interesting about yeah. the dry hop that that translated differently from what you do on the homebrew level to Good question? To yeah, yeah. The, the pro level. Yeah, yeah. The, the the beer that we made at Russian River, and and of course the dry hop was all scaled up like everything else in the recipe. I didn't have the hopper room that my beer usually has. Okay. Uh, they uh, dry hop a little cooler than me. They 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 uh, once the ferments uh, complete, they uh, that's when they want to dry hop. That's also when they want to lower the temperature of the, of the of the ferment to get the OO one to drop out. Right. So they get a, they do it on the cool side, like I think like sixty five or something like mm-hmm. that. So uh, yeah, I, just, I think I would have used more dry hop if I didn't know that 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 was part of their process. Right. So. Cool. So yeah, it's less aromatic. It's a slightly less, less aromatic. Than yeah, yeah. This this beer smells a malty, whereas the, you know my beer actually smells you know a little bit of malty and and hop aroma. Percentage wise, though, the amount of hops used were you yes. know obviously scaled up yeah, to yeah, the batch yeah, size yeah, yeah. were we, equal, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, we scaled it up. Actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, I just took uh, sending my pro mash recipe. I sent him my pro mash file, and he just like you know ran out you know lock ingredient you know lock uh, ingredients to batch size button. And just ran it up to whatever, 550 gallons, right. whatever. And that's just what we did. Now, we did do a little bit of rounding. I think uh, I think it came up with like you know, 50 pounds of chocolate malt. We said, well, let's just make that 55. It came up with like 45. Let's just go for the whole sack, you know, because that's not going to make that big a difference. Yeah, I've said that before. That but pretty much it was that recipe, yeah, just pretty <laughs> much like the home brew. And it came out a lot more chocolatey than I expected in the beginning, right. but... The, I seem like that, that that is what has dropped out the most is the chocolate. So, at, so that at eight weeks old today. That beer kind of has a, a thin mints type of quality to it. And I think the dry hop lends itself to that a little bit. What hop variety do you think accentuates that? Well, that, quality. That's the Northern Brewer. Uh, that's the Northern Brewer yeah, edition in the kettle. Yeah. It's in the. It, it's in. Yeah, it's in the uh, mash hop. It's in the sixty and sixty. Then it's at uh, ten as well. Got it. And there, it's also cascaded ten and a cascaded flame out. 
and I drive with Centennial. Centennial, but the, okay. Um, what I like about Northern Brewer is it is a lot of the hot flavor, even some of the aromatics, carry over from that from that late edition. I right. think they carry over from the mash hop as well. You know, like it, I definitely get, you know, I've tried the beer mash hopped and not mash up, and I definitely get more hop flavor, right, and aroma when I right. do the, do the mash up. Well, that's one thing in talking about these oils, the uh, why the German style brewers will take their noble hops, uh, especially things like Hallertau, Tetanang, and Saws, and let them sit out for about a week or two before they brew with them. Yeah. That's oxidizing those huh. ses- sesquiterpenoids. That actually helps it carry through to the final beer in terms of aroma. Right. That's one reason why I think mash hopping of those type of hops really types really tends to help the overall aroma, which is counterintuitive. Maybe Mount Hood actually has enough of the the qualities of those sesquiterpenoids right. to make that. I don't know at all. I'm well, just yeah, theorizing but, as we're sitting here. Right. But. Well, then also in, at play here is you know you're gonna everything that's in the mash hop is gonna get boiled for 90 minutes. You know before it has a chance to you know hold on to that flavor and aroma. Right. It's pretty vigorous you know amount of time. But, you know, there's some theories that uh, it actually still happens. I, I was talking to uh, Colin Kaminsky, and he was talking about how the, the alpha acids will, like, attach to the uh, to the glucose and, you know, actually bind with the sugars. And then during fermentation, so that's they, released? So that they're protected or? during the boil. They make it all the way through. And they become an ester at the end. Mm-hmm. And then you're also... Oh, go ahead. You had a question? No. Uh, oh, uh, as far as, the, you know, uh, that's calculated, too. For bitterness, you're taking that into account? Yeah, that's right. On the mash hop for the, uh, I I use the pro mash default, which is it's seventy uh, percent of the IBUs as if I'd added those hops at sixty minutes. So you're also not putting as much veggie material, I guess, into the the boil itself. That's true. Then yeah, I'm just doing an extraction there. Sure. Yeah, less less less. Which might be a better thing as well. No, I don't know. If you, if I'm getting the Quite possibly, the, if I'm getting the bittering. The, the the beer, you know, by formula, again, that's accounting for seventy percent utilization uh, in the mash hop. Uh, is 60 IBUs, and you know I taste the beer, and I have other people taste it, and they think it tastes like 60 IBUs. So, hmm. you know, I don't know. Hmm. It could be if it if the I think on beer smith, it count, I think it counts it for like 30 percent. So on there, I'd be like a 50, 50 like a 49 IBU beer instead of 60. measured versus perceived. Yeah, well, right. it's yeah. it's also different. Um, uh, beer smith uses tensith. And Promash uses oh, they, uh, right. yeah. You can use yeah. either one, but it, yeah. that's the defaults for those. Well, I've always wondered um, if, if if is flame out is that like a like a gay guy going straight? <laughs> <laughs> yes, when you <laughs> the flame is done, yeah. Yeah. you stopped it taking be. it at least. Okay. I'm just what, curious. What happens what, 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 what what if there's a say that? Yeah. yeah. I did want to agree with one thing. I can't speak to to the hot profile you guys are talking about. I will tell you this, Tasty. You're absolutely right. About that chocolate character dropping out of that beer. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Shat and I were at EJ last Thursday ish, something like that. <laughs> they had a good run. There, Still yeah. had Janet's on. Yeah. Had that. It's and on there. It Still. is better than ever. Oh yeah. It's it, it is beer. so goddamn good right now yeah. that I didn't even move <laughs> to another beer. We had three or four pints. I stayed with it. It's that those characters that were a little yeah. upfront and harsh in the beginning. Right. Have just mellowed out and melted together. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's going to be at the age you want it to be at that pro am table. Is what I think. <laughs> yeah, when, when, is, when, is that beer, when is that beer going to be on for uh, those that want to go check it out? Janet's Brown's going to be on River? Saturday. Both Saturday, sessions as well. Saturday okay. sessions. Cool. So why are you so laughing? Well, I'm <laughs> laughing because the beer is peaking now, and that's we brewed it on on a brew day so that it. 
So they would. Nine weeks after we made the beer. Oh, is that right? Because that's when the beer peaks. You calculating bastards. (laughs) I know, it's terrible. Love it. So that's your rule as a homebrew version, too. Because I know that's right. That's that's why I brought that. That relates back to one of the listener questions directly, like that hop aroma dropping off after about three weeks. So you you know your process, you know your beer, your recipe. Yeah. That's where, if, if they don't like it after three weeks or don't like it as much. Yeah. That's an important thing to think about is you've brewed that recipe over and over and over again. If you're having a party or you're serving it for an event, think about that in advance. It's critical. Yeah. If you're brewing it to bring to Justin's house, for example. Make sure it's really good. Think about these things. <laughs> it, it, real fast. Yeah. It, it sounds like uh, uh, Mike's beer tastes like you're falling in love. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it let tastes me s- like how love feels. I, I wouldn't be able to express it other than in a screamo song. Oh. So you're you're better than me. <laughs> Why don't you write one right now? <laughs> I might have to do that. I love Indecipherable. <laughs> All right, quick break. Uh, we're going to wrap things up when we come back. If you want to do uh, Drunk of the Week, I'll uh, I'll take phone calls. 888-401-BEER. No screening, so I'll just answer them. Whatever. And uh, we got some Belgian candy sugar to give away. Hang in there. It's the session. No screening. I'll screen. You're listening to The Brewcasters. The Brewcasters. On The Brewing Network. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. What's funny is Bruce would say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. beer. <laughs> you know? The, the home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer... Radio shouldn't suck. All right, welcome back to the program. Wrapping things up here. Uh, <laughs> Woo! Wrapping it up. I don't know. JP gets really excited about when when we're done. No, I just... Um, like, yeah, we're leaving. Woo. You could have said, all right, and no, we're I'm back. And I would have said, <laughs> we're back. Oh, I just got a text from my cats. I got to go. Woo. One of us worms. I'm kind of disappointed. Oh, yeah. crawling out oh, his ass. Yeah. All right. Brutal. Ah. Little like uh, they, they're like segments. Oh, we're going to go into details here. No, that's yeah, enough. Just, that's like, enough. Like Come that. on. <laughs> my dog had that once, too, and she's a puppy. It's disgusting. Oof. Ugh. Hey, did anybody just check this out? I gotta. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, we up there. Speaking of things that aren't gross. Oh, so, I gotta say, 
I was uh, uh, my birthday yesterday was really effing lame. <laughs> <laughs> I was really flattered and uh, and taken aback at one point during the day. Oh. I I go on to my Twitter account to look and see what's happening. I follow a handful of people. The tweets? Uh, yeah. And uh, one of the people I follow is uh, Jay Brooks over at the Brookston Beer Bulletin. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Saw him on Friday. Good dude. And Brookston, and, I, and I, I, I read his blog almost daily. I check it all the time. He always announces people in the beer industry's birthday. He calls them beer birthdays, and he does a profile of uh, people in the beer industry. Guess who was on fucking Jay Brooks' page yesterday? No way. A homeless person. Justin, <laughs> th- this, this homeless guy with a 40. Uh, now, uh, can you believe I made Jay Brookston's beer birthday Congratulations, list. Justin. You've made it. Yeah. I was seriously... That's, that's cool. It's like that, an industry insider type of blog. Totally impressed. Very cool. I could not... I, I, you, I, then you are definitely not a home brewer. I texted him uh, because that, yes. because we're techies. Congratulations, that's what we to, do. The pro, yeah. congratulations to the pro brewer in the room. I'm now in the You're industry. A pro. You're a pro. I'm go. telling you, I was genuinely surprised. Taken back, I texted the guy that he made my day. I couldn't Very believe cool. it. He had you know pictures of me and Jay, and a, a picture of me and Mufasa, who uh, by nice. the way is going to be on the program in October. Speaking of technical info, and, uh, oh, that's like yeah. being a good brewer by by like what? Uh, you know, by association, yeah, by association, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, rock star. I couldn't. I I, I, I couldn't believe. It. I had to bring it up because it, it was cool. a it's yeah. a proud moment and in my career. Proud, so I am not fucking around that's here. Very cool. Cool. It was a very proud moment of my I, career. I know the the blog my very well, so yeah, I know it. you should be proud. It's a good. Blog, is you know? that the yeah, first really time cool. that we've ever really been written up? No, no, we've in been any sort of magazine. Oh, no. No, 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 in the birthday oh. content because it's always uh, just brewers, right? It's always uh, our industry it, people. In, if you're in the craft beer industry, yes, industry. so it's writers, so if you're a supplier, and, yeah, uh, right. you know, Frank. then no, unless you've made some significant uh, impact, I would imagine he. D- it's it's, yeah. it's 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 writers, it's brewers, it's it's yeah. in, it's industry moguls. Industry, yes, is oh, what it is. Yeah, long not a homebrew. And uh, yeah, there's you don't get mentioned as a homebrew. You have to be in the craft beer industry. Definitely, tasty. Yeah. You, you you're working on that. You're getting there. And uh, and and the thing is too is uh, now now Jay's a, a friend of mine I've I've known him but I've known him for for four years now right. I've never made the I've never made the beer birthday yeah I mean course, you've had other so. birthdays since you've known him so it's not like right. the first one you've so had so apparently I've I have I've reached the threshold oh. of uh, beer uh, uh, contribution oh. and nice. uh, well congr- again. I was and, and so Jay I'm from the bottom of my heart I was genuinely uh, taken back and uh, it really listens? it made my day you I kind of flipped out Brookston Beer dot com yeah so find those photos of Justin you can com- look at comments, it you can go yesterday <laughs> a lot of goofy photos of me awesome um, that's cool yeah how many comments do you, you don't need to get one or two comments here why don't we load it up I got comments? I got four photos hell yeah and, oh. and comments and a, and a short uh, write up I think that's, that's cool you know I I was. I'm telling you, it was that really. Rules. It was a high good. point in my career. I mean that. Um, so I thought that was very. That was fun. Well, um, good. I'm glad that you did that. <laughs> Thank you. <Jay. laughs> Another stilted comment brought yeah. to you by right. JP. From brought to you by the folks at JP. <laughs> brought to you by the kind-hearted folks at JP. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's his own industry uh, now. But as I mentioned, Mufasa, I, I told you there's a picture of us on there. Uh, he's going to be on the show. I, I should probably oh. inform my producer. I'll send you an email <laughs> oh, yeah, tomorrow, cool. Chad. Oh, really? Uh, he's going to be on the show. The next roles month. are reversed now. Well, let me tell oh, you what I'm happy about. He's going to talk about everything I don't know about mashing. 
He's on the show because <laughs> the all-new BJ's is uh, opening right next door to us. In walking distance, yes. Uh, attached to the Sun Valley Mall right here. Oh, no so he's going to pick up those empty kegs that we have. Cool. Yes. That's the only reason he's coming. That's the only reason he's going to be here. So they're doing a grand opening. It's a week-long thing. I've got uh, passes for you guys. We're going to go have free dinners all week long. Me too. Mufasa told me I can go all week. <laughs> no, and he told me, I, and, he said, and he free. said, give you guys the passes. Yes, me you too. too, JP. Yeah! yeah! Well, you'll be going on Monday when we're all out of town. But oh. Tuesday through Friday, everybody's right. going. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then uh, that's fine. I killer, have shows to record. Killer so. German-style yeah. beer and Pacheco. Is that too much class for Pacheco? Is it well, it's not Pacheco. It? Oh, In Mufasa's okay. defense, yeah. as a smart man and his company, it's Pleasant Hill, which is much, much... You know, you get a little more yeah. class Demo- out of that. Demographic positioning there. Yeah. But still not all that pleasant. Pacheco and Butthold is right but, well. So, you know, EJ Fair is near us, and, and I like EJ Fair. They're, they're pouring yeah. Janet's Brown right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's our and pub, yeah. 15 uh, other IPAs. But I but I can't walk home from EJ Fair. But this one... Uh, I can walk home. Yeah. For, and oh. I happen to be on a, uh, not just a handshake, but a hug basis with the Ooh. brewer, you know, head, I of, saw the picture. head, head of brewing brewer. operations. I mean, I appeared on a very famous beer bulletin arm-in-arm arm with the man. That's true. Obviously, right. You guys are buds. Obviously, yeah. we're close. Documented. Yeah. I mean, I'm like I'm like his white son from another mother who was white. <laughs> is Please. what I am. Please. Another white mother, not Please. son, brother. He's he's not that. Please much older. tell me he had something to do with the hiring because I know he got some hot chicks. Oh. If he was involved, if Mufasa was involved, we're gonna have to ask him. So I he's gonna he come out here for the week long opening. He's gonna come in. He's gonna do the show, and so we will certainly find that out. We're gonna go over there. We're gonna have ourselves some beer. And you know what I'm gonna Very do? Cool. You know what I'm gonna do? Just because it's the one thing I'm excited about, I'm gonna get shit faced and walk home. Yes, I just because all I just want to try it out because you can. Because I can't, not because I should, but because I can. And you know what? I I'm will gonna, do it with you. Great, perfect. Well, you just even can, on a weeknight, you can walk yeah. to my home. Yeah, I'll walk to your home. Perfect. and I'll get my roommate to pick me because up. Because we can't. I just want to get shit faced and walk home from the bar. It's a very European thing yes. that us suburb kids don't get to do. I'm I am fired. It's an opportunity. Up. Now. It's cool if you can do that. Yeah. You know, what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring my extract brewed saison and have him try it on the show. You are. And then he's going <laughs> to explode all over. I hope he there will not spits be, it in your face. This is extract. There will not be you. one IPA on tap at that bar, though. By the way, hey, when's it going to be? You know, fucking uh, hope not. At right? BJ's. At BJ's, no. I can't imagine. Uh, Tasty might have something to do with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, is someone on hold? People are trying to get through. Oh, and nobody's on hold now. Probably just a lot of people calling in at once. Sorry, I was talking about myself. No, I'm just. Which uh, meant uh, uh, there was no everything beer, else gets put on hold. There was no hold. beer information. It was all ego. It's just like me, it is all the time in the brewing network. Me fluffing my ego like we do all the time here on the program. Yeah. It really is all about me, isn't it? It should be. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Drunk of the Week calls 888 401 Beer. I'm now watching the phone. I'm looking at it. I'm staring at it. If you call now, I'll, I'll be able to answer. <laughs> it better answer. be quality. Hello. Do you want me to screen it or not screen it? But no, pick you it can't. Up? No, I'll just, I can pick it I'll up. just answer it uh, right there. I'll just 888 401 Beer. We'll take Drunk well, yeah, of the Week calls. Now no one's calling. Sorry, I'm talking over you. We've got to give away some Belgian candy sugar tonight, too. We'll probably make it easy. We'll give it to our Drunk of the Week. So, the stakes are high this week. Not only will you get in the running uh, for Drunk of the Week, which puts you in the running for Drunk of the Year. You may have to watch out for Chris from Beer oh. Connoisseur Magazine. Uh, but He's you, in the chat room, by the way. Oh, great. Okay. Oh, but, you will also, cool. uh, but you'll also uh, get yourself some Belgian candy sugar. We'll ship it out to you, courtesy of Dark Candy, Inc. We've got our first caller on the line now. Caller, who are we talking to? This is Decoction. Decoction. What's happening, brother? Where are you calling from? Uh, from Yakima. 
Oh, that's yeah, right. How dare you not know that? Talking about hops. Jeez. You're a hop country, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. The harvest done? Uh, yeah. No, they're still going like half the harvest is done, but right they're on. going into the late high alphas. Okay. Uh, talking about high alphas, cool. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Are you calling in for drunk of the week? I am. All right. I'm Get just cracked. I, uh, but I just drank uh, <laughs> Wild Devil from Victory. Nice. Oh, shit, I just Hop Devil. You just yeah, shit yourself? Wild is that Devil. Really? It, wild no, Devil. Look at more than one oh, devil? Spilled on yourself. It, it's Hop Devil in a 750 mil with Britannomyces. Oh, wow. Yum. Sounds, Sounds great. Uh, I, yeah, I went by 99 bottles. Oh, right. I went to Brower's yesterday. Ooh, good place, oh, huh? Good yeah, you, ex- you you introduced me to its magicness. Oh, it's uh, there's a lot of magicness there. I loved the place. It not only does it look great and feel great, the beer selection is awesome. And there's unicorns. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there was a unicorn. It was there. magical. There wasn't any hot people working there when we were there, but uh, no, no, not unicorn real, for the camera. But the beer was hot, totally hot beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what yeah, else is I on your my... uh, beer resume for tonight, good sir? Let's see. I I had a Alpine Pilsner <laughs> with a shot of Horn Dog added to it. What's that? Horn Dog. Horn Dog. What is that? It sounds uh, dangerous. Horn Dog. Flying Dogs uh, barley wine. Yeah, uh, sounds like an herbal mm-hmm. supplement. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'm, I just cracked a, a Kiss cider. It's from Lithuania. It's a pear cider. Really? He's all over the map of this guy. Lithuania. Wow. Huh? Cider. It's pretty good. Okay. And then, depending on how the cider goes, I've mm. got a Stone 13th anniversary in the oh. fridge. Ooh, sounds like you better drink the Stone. Going big. Yeah, you should pound that yeah. right now. And yeah, just because you're sounding pretty good, but I think you need to up the ante yeah, a little just bit. Just in case you don't I'm, get in cider. Yeah. You're feeling really good, good, but you're going to feel great. Perfect. After the 13th. No. Yeah. I'm just really good at controlling myself. I see. I well, I, well, you did spill on yourself, to, so... Unfortunately, that is not conducive to winning Drunk of the Week. <laughs> oh, uh, I know. It's not about control. Yeah. Uh, Lack of control. So. It's not. I have to start typing badly. You do. You'll have to do that. Okay, Mr. Cockshin, I'm going to sc- uh, sc- All right. uh, clear the line. You are in the running for Drunk yeah. of the Week. Timer. Yeah, All right, on. bye-bye. Later. All right. 888-401-BEER. You could try Skype, too. I'll try to monitor both, see if I can answer all that. The winner of Drunk of the Week tonight is going to win some uh, Belgian candy sugar, courtesy Dark Candy Inc. Now, keep in mind, we're not on the air next Sunday. There's no official Sunday session next week. Um, But there's lots of programming coming down the wire from the Great American Beer Festival. So you're going to be able to stay tuned to justin.tv slash brewing network and get more shows than we've ever brought home from the GABF. So even though there's not a Sunday show, you're going to get tons of content. Uh, JP's not going. I'm not um, going. He's also not, he wasn't going to GABF because he had to go to Disneyland. Um, but now I think he's not even going to Disneyland. Uh, Why are you going to bring I, I think up? instead he's going to Magic Mountain. Know, Out like, of my mind. He's going questing all week or something. Yeah, I, don't I don't know what I'm going to do. Hmm. Caller, you're on the air. Who are we talking to? Oh, you're talking to Bug Eater. Oh, Boog. What's up, Boog? How are you, brother? Boog. Oh, doing real good. Out here in Longmont, Colorado, we've been brewing a. Ten gallon batch of beer with Branson here. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's another uh, awful time. Another great BNR. Very nice. Oh yeah, drinking lots of great beer and everything. What'd you guys make? Uh, big reason I wanted to call was to give <laughs> you a report on the Great Nebraska Beer Festival last Sunday. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, we had a. Uh, I, I had volunteered to serve beer at the thing, but Paul Cavalek, you remember interviewing him uh, last year at GABF. Yeah. He uh, offered the Brewing Network a booth 
so we could go promote ourselves there at the Spear Festival. <laughs> Is that right? So yeah, you guys so I, had a Brewing Network booth. We had a Brewing Network booth. Um, wow. Brewtat sent me a bunch of temporary tattoos and business cards. Uh, Chad was going to send me a bunch of flyers, but he somehow he never got them mailed off to me. Yeah. I think I did see them uh, packaged up, though. He did get halfway there. That was he, in the trash can over here? Yeah. <laughs> he got them packaged, but somehow screwed up the mailing. Well, he's but a busy anyway, man. We met lots and lots of great people. We got a few new people signed up in the forum wow. this week that cool. met me out there. So we had a great time, and uh, peop- we got people that are really starting to listen to us now. Hey, that's awesome, one, That's great. I had one couple come up from Kansas City. They saw on the forum that... Uh, Brewing Network is going to have a booth, and that was the deciding factor of them even coming up to the beer festival. No wow. kidding. So it was That's even awesome. on the website that we had a booth. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. I Hop grenade. It, I mentioned it in the forum in there. So JP, hey, we were I strong there. I, JP, I hope you've noticed that I have now begun outsourcing our presence at beer festivals. <laughs> and uh, we, we, the, the Brewing Network, we just we outsourced. We were at a festival we didn't even know about. Yes, it's well, wonderful. That's how we work. This, I'm telling you, this outsourcing of my life is going to change everything. It's a game changer, is what it is. <laughs> it is that's what we call it. You were too busy getting trashed out there, Burning Man. So <laughs> I was. You can't be getting true. trashed every place at one time. So. Yeah. No, I, listen, there's not enough drugs on the earth right. for me to get it trashed might feel everywhere. Like it at some points, but same yeah. time. Yeah. So, Bug, was this like a competition? Was it a homebrew event? What What was the deal? Oh, well, we had. Oh, well, we had 25 brewers from 25 breweries from all over the country. So there were seven from Nebraska and the rest from all over, like the folks from. Uh, uh, August Shell, uh, they were, the night before, they were up in uh, Wisconsin someplace at a brew festival, and they drove all night down there mm, to be August Shell. Wow, nice. Crazy Minnesotans once again. Oh, they had some great beers. Wonderful Rogan beer in their October. Very German style, yeah. Excellent for. beers. Did you put uh, Brewing Network uh, BN Army tattoos on any cleavage, Boog? Didn't get on any cleavage. God. I tried. Oh, you tried. I tried. I begged. And I you tried. know he did too. That's the good thing. It's like <laughs> it you know did. he yeah. did. Yeah. Well, good effort, Boog. Yeah. That's okay. Don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, oh well, we'll see you in a couple days here. <laughs> All right. Are you officially on vacation now? I know you like to take your oh, vacation at GABF. Oh yeah, I drove out here on Friday. Good man. All right. So. We'll see you in a couple days. And listen, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for representing us out there. Yeah. You're quite welcome. All right, Boog. We'll see you soon. All right. All right, bye. There you go. Kick Boog- Branson in the penis, dude. Boogan Branson. <laughs> Boog eater. Good people. How about that? Yeah. See, I'm on pretty awesome. JP. You are? I will not, I'm going to outsource the hosting of this show before you know it. Your man in Nebraska. Good afternoon. <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the Brewing Network. <laughs> this is the, well, Tasty, you're such a funny man. I love having you here. How was that festival, you uh, sleepy uh, fuck? <laughs> your one-line zingers really make me laugh uh, to Ganesh. <laughs> oh, Chad, you are higher than the cows I worship. It's beautiful. I love seeing you. You're doing a wonderful job, you dick. <laughs> Come here, you chubby tit. Let me hug you. <laughs> oh, Nathan Smith, you do such a wonderful job talking about things that nobody gives a shit. <laughs> nobody understand anything. <laughs> I love this show. Thank you for tuning in. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait.
Be good. Gonna, It'll be the same. I'll call in. I'll just. I'm gonna just. You know. I'm gonna, one day. Call into your own show. Here's when you know. Everyone always asks when. When do you decide you've made it? I'm always asking the question when I'm. Let me tell you when I've made it. When I'm the one just calling in for drunk of the week every week. I'm just somewhere oh, yeah. else calling in for drunk of That's the week. That's a good metric, Justin. I think you know yeah. you've made it. Hello, Justin. Are you calling for drunk of the week today? Yes, I would like to do that. I'm calling you uh, from France. I'm in, I'm in Paris today. Wonderful! I love the country. What is your beer resume? What have you had? Tell us. Can you puke on the air? <laughs> Show me your tits. I mean your girlfriend's tits. Somebody's tits. It'll help you win. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm really excited about and, it. And if you barely remember yeah, to call in, that's even be. better. Yeah. It has to be like towards the tail the very end. end of the show. Yeah. And yeah. you're just hammered as hell, and you can barely remember to call. Justin, you're late. We're just about to go off the air. We have to order pizza. <laughs> no, is, that is it, people. No more phone calls. But Justin hasn't called, and I do not care. Yeah. I have to feed the dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to do his laundry. That's yeah. all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> there is shit to be picked from the backyard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I got a caller. You're on the air. Who are we talking to? <laughs> Justin, oh. this is uh, T Rocket. What's happening, T Rocket? How are you, brother? What's the T for? Hey, uh, Dio, drunk Tits. of the week. All right, give us the resume, my friend. Where are you calling from, by the way? Oklahoma City. Hey, uh, no, no, uh, no rundown here because uh, I, I don't, I don't have anything other than a kegerator. Oh well, what have you been drinking out of the kegerator? It's uh, pretty much cool. My own IPA. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that'll do the job. Yeah, what's uh, what's the percent on that IPA you've been drinking? Uh, well, it's looking at about seven. Yeah, what kind mm-hmm. of hops are in it? It's got Chinook, Cascade, Simcoe. I can't remember. Sounds tasty. <laughs> I um, think you should do a keg stand on this kegerator, American sir. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I haven't. Uh, I haven't ever called in because uh, I'm the guy that sent you the uh, DOTW medals. Oh, right! Oh, you already have oh. one. I bet this is the man who no, is no, responsible no, no, no. for the medals. You can send them all, huh? I never. I never took one. I see. You, see, that's I Brewer's code, had, right? That is Brewer's code. That is Brewer's code. That's a good man. You wanted to earn, earn it. it. And, uh, well, how many pints have you had? That, uh, okay. That's a good question, Tasty. How many pi- and how many Viking did you take with the pints? You sound real sleepy, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's all those hops, man. It make you tired. No. I think it's really that's, just that's Tasty calling. You know, I'm kind of like Tasty. I kind of get to that point where I... I, I just don't I care. I go to sleep. <laughs> I just, I I just got to hang out until I sleep. That's what yeah. I do, man. <laughs> it's like my wife says, give me the remote. Yeah, yeah, before you fall asleep with it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you sound like you're doing pretty good, T-Rocket. I got you at the top of my list right now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, doing all right. Good show, good show. Good drink, job, Nathan. Drink one more pint of that IPA, but it's excellent. Yeah, and you enjoy it. I'll just, go get it. There get he it, Get goes. it right now. All right, good man. You're in the running, my brother. See you. Later. I guarantee he's got a medal. It's probably like a Flavor Flav clock-like size. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. good ass one, yeah. Uh, oh, I kind of believe he sounds real straight and narrow like yeah, that. He's he like, does. no, I'm, I'm not allowed to take a medal. I've, uh, <gasps> I'm, I, I'm fine. I've not earned it. <laughs> he's kind of like that right now. Yeah, he's trying to earn it. I like that. Looks like I missed a call Legit. from... 
from Blobber Gloop on Skype. Oh, which, that's too bad. By the way, it makes me not want to, because his Skype never works, right? No. Uh-oh. Get yeah. ready for the microphone. I'm, I'm, a, gl- gonna take I'm the... a glutton for punishment. Why not? We'll... High end. Yeah, watch your... I'll turn him up slowly. Watch your earbuds. I feed him in. Hey, Blooby Glooby 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 <laughs> What's up, buddy? Is my mic still working now? No, it's not <laughs> no, working. No, no, no. Are you, are of you course a... it's not working. It never works. It don't, it's... Insect microphone. Yeah, don't fix it either, please. Yeah. Why should I not fix it? <laughs> Do I really have to deal with Blobber Glop if I'm going to be your replacement? <laughs> that is extra money. Thank you. <laughs> I, would li- I am upping my hourly wage from 3 to 3.25. Thank you. Call we negotiated go- something. It is now void. <laughs> I am blubber glop. It's not 3 a.m. I am not taking care of your Oh, we've outsourced Blobber. I've outsourced Blobber. Oh. Yeah. I would love it if Blobber got outsourced himself. Oh, man. <laughs> Hello, this is Blobber Glop. Do you think I could hire someone to fill in for me and they would Skype in and do the show for $5 an hour? Yes. I would pay yeah, them. Maybe less, yeah. That's oh. what I'm telling you. This You're not listening to me. You're not outsourcing. Yes, I am, but the I answer don't is believe yet, it. You can outsource everything. Yes, if oh, you God. wrote a... Dis- you, here's the thing. You just have to be specific and detailed mm-hmm. about what it is that you do, what time you do it, and what's expected of you. And I'll tell you what, JP, for around five bucks an hour, we could probably get a, a, a much better JP <laughs> onto this Wait, program. Well, that's nice. <laughs> you know, a well-informed, a, you'll probably pay attention... Uh, to what? And listen, it's we're talking, what's that, 15, 20 bucks a week? It's a four-hour show. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, yeah. Can you imagine the Indian version of me? <laughs> I'm going to kill myself and you and make suits of both of us. <laughs> what? Yes, that's right. I have to wash my cow. Forgive me while I quest. I cannot go to the Delhi Beer Festival. Tasty doesn't like me and I'm sick of it. <laughs> I love my cats, even though they're sinful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really love my sinful cats. <laughs> yes. All right, Blobber, are you calling in for Drunk of the Week or what? Uh, why not? All right, what have you had? Beer. Tell us more. Mm. Stop breathing into this. Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, sour beer. Yeah. What sour beer? Uh, Tankers. Oh, that's one of the best. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Then I had um, a um, beer from New Zealand. Was it sour? Called, uh, no, no. It's a uh, Keller Weiss, actually. It's a Keller beer. Does his microphone actually spin in circles as he's talking <laughs> to it? Because it like it comes close. Is, what, is it on a fucking rope that spins from the ceiling fan? It gets close to his mouth, and then it goes away. It's everything good audio is not. <laughs> I really want to call him and drive He's like, he's like ACDC to himself. He, he can't. He's like Angus. Yeah. <laughs> he's the opposite of himself. I want to rock! What else, Blobber? What have you had? Right, so the killer beer from uh, New Zealand. Really good beer, actually. And then uh, Pichy Martel. Is that Canadian? Yes, it is. Oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a, um, a brewery oh. from uh, Montreal. I know them. I had their IPA last week. It was good. I like that yeah. Nathan is having a conversation with Blobberglop. Nobody I'm ever, I'm nobody trying, ever man. has conversations yeah, with Blobberglop. Now you're encouraging him. It's he, more. Yeah. He doesn't know better. It's yet. not what we. I do like you. It's a good effort, Nathan. You're doing, you're trying, doing fine. 
It's like uh, I gotta keep like, him engaged. It's yeah. a lot like to catch a predator. I mean, he tries to have a conversation <laughs> with them just before no. they get arrested. So, so Phil Dorito, how did you do? The- <laughs> yeah. Why did you bring cookies and condom <laughs> to this little girl's house? <laughs> I thought it was not his no excuse. You're an awful human being. All right, Blower, hang in there. I got a caller on too. Just, I'm not gonna hang up. You you stay there. Uh, caller, who are we talking to? Where you come from? You are calling. You are talking to uh, the, the uh, beer connoisseur, Chris Man. Chris, oh, Chris, how's it going? Uh-huh. I, That's I, right. I did have Chris. faith in you, Chris. You I thought you might go for drunk of the week. Figured out the phone number. I, d- you know, it took me a while, uh, <laughs> but I'm here. Yeah. I have a feeling uh, that uh, Chris actually lives at Beer Connoisseur Headquarters. He sleeps on the couch <laughs> there in the lobby. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. Uh, All right. <laughs> what have you What have you had tonight? That's 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 notable. Uh, tonight I had a uh, French broad Kolsch growler. I love French broads. Whoa, the whole growler. Yeah, that's nice. from Asheville. From Asheville. Uh, I had I had a Lancer Brewings. Uh, Red Brick Blonde, which is award-winning. They won the GABF for the uh, Blonde category a few years ago. Nice. Uh, Hoptoberfest. Nice. Uh, Mar- Mardessos, which is a uh, Belgian beer. Did I pronounce that right? Mertzu. Probably not. Mertzu, I think, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now I'm drinking a homebrew from Doug, who was here earlier, but left because, you know, he doesn't drink like I do. Okay. Oh, cool. <laughs> Good. Called out. Yeah. Drink the homebrew. So, uh, I think that's it. So, only about, uh, you know, 54 ounces of beer. It was that growler that's getting you there right now, though, mm, I think. Yeah, it's that homebrew. I'll put you over the edge right there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm done, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I gotta go. My wife's gotta drive me home now. (laughs) I gotta call my wife to pick me up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a long story. (laughs) Right. So right, the well, chat room wants to know what song Chris and Blobber are going to sing together. <laughs> they want them to sing together. Oh, because this is Chris's first Drunk of the Week phone call. And right. they're both it on is. the line right now. And Yeah, exactly. And and in order to be initiated into the running, when you're first time, you got to sing with Blobber. I thought Blobber only I, ever sings The Wind Beneath My Wings. Pretty Isn't much. That his only... <laughs> He'll sing hey, with I, I sing Hey Jude you do? from the Beatles. Uh, oh. hey, hey Blobber, will Hey Jude do for tonight's sing-along? Anything will do. <laughs> I will sing anything. <laughs> I see. All right, give, you guys gonna have to I'll give me. I'll sing him. YMCA. What? What did I say? Hey, Jude. Wait, hang You're on. I'm having a phone yeah. conversation with Jude. <laughs> You're singing to Jude. <laughs> hey, Jude. Cross the street. You owe me a dollar. I love Jude. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, Dewey. You wait a second. Blobber. Hold on. What? Hold on. Wait. Oh, this is going to be bad. I can already tell you. No, no. It's going to be wonderful. You guys are going to kill it. I will. Yay. I love the Trappist. I tell her you had a, uh, you know, Belgian style Canadian beer. What album has he you done? Yeah. The Abbey Road. Uh, I have no idea, actually. I'm guessing Abbey Road. It's not Road. Abbey Road, I don't think. But I think it's later than that. Probably the white album or the blue album. Let's, let's sing something <laughs> from the black album from Metallica. <laughs> oh, God. Actually, I believe Hey Jude is the album name. It is? Well, I just Wikipedia it. 
Should I just start singing? I should know this. No, I don't, don't. Yeah, why don't you guys just start singing? If I come up with yeah. the music, it'll be perfect. But Go t- ahead, Blobber. Cut up the list. No, Chris is, be bad. Chris is with you. Chris, sing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you start. <laughs> don't make it bad. Bad. <laughs> Take a sad song and make it better. Yeah. Remember to let her into your heart. Take something. Yeah, this is bad. Awesome. I thought it was perfect. These guys are ruling it, man. Everybody's cheering for you. Hey, hey, two. It is really a good song to choose. <laughs> nice work, I, I gentlemen, both of you. Well done. All right, we're going right. to, well, guess what? It's a joint drunk of the week tonight. Uh, not that kind of joint, Tasty. Relax. Uh, Blobber Glop <laughs> and Chris from a Beer Connoisseur are going to have to share uh, drunk of the week honors. But really well earned. I mean, you guys, you put your best uh, foot forward on this one. Yeah, <laughs> I did my best. <laughs> yes, you did. I like you know what, Chris? I like you a lot. Your magazine, you you keep involved with that, and that's going to be the key to success. You keep Chris. doing that. You keep yes. As long as they keep you around, that magazine's yeah. going to do just fine. Which is essentially yes. is a nice way of saying, don't quit your day job to go sing. <laughs> no, it's that's not. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, wait. No. I want to know, what are you trying to say to me? I, I need to know. I, I don't understand. No. <laughs> I, I genuinely mean that that magazine needs you to not, to not take itself too seriously. I think you guys are going to do fine. <laughs> no, that's that, that's that's my role in the magazine. So I'm the drinking side. And you're going to be at the GABF? Of course, I'll be there the, uh, every day. All right, good. Yep. I'll look- be at the booth the entire time. I'll be so. handing you your drunk of the week medal personally. Oh uh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You have that's earned awesome. it. All right, brother. We'll see you in a few days. All right, take care, guys. Later. Cheers. And uh, Blobber, do, don't you already have a drunk of the week medal? No. You don't? No. What? Really? You've never won? Well, not just... Whoa. It's got <laughs> I don't like it when you use this voice. Don't go into black album mode yet. Uh, all right. I'm going to send you a Drunk of the Week metal blobber. Eventually. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm going to send it via the uh, Pony Express. It will be in Canada very soon. My man in Canada will send it to you right away. <laughs> I'm gonna, hey, long time. going to outsource the sending of these medals. I'm telling you, everything's going to start running more efficiently around here. You'll yeah. see. Well, there's the only way to find out. All right, Blubber. Later, brother. Later. Good work. <laughs> Greg yeah, loves whole. beer in the chat room needs an ear rape kit, he says. What does that oh, mean? What? <laughs> an ear rape kit. Because oh. Blobber's awful. Everyone either loves Blobber on the God, phone. Or hates him. Or like this dude wants Blobber-proof earphones. No, I actually would <laughs> yeah. say that the earphones in, the, in Studio B are quite nice. Because yeah. when I hear this at home with Blobber on his bad microphone, it's oh, awful. It's real bad. It's just horrible. Yeah. This is actually all right. 
You guys are making it, man. This is like it's professional in here. It I'm sounds trying to, great. Trying to make it happen, you know. Yeah. It's uh, it's a lot of hard work from JP. Is what's happening. Well, you uh, want to know? I have a theory it down, on yeah. it. Um, one time, I would like to talk about my theories <laughs> for a whole show. <laughs> for a whole show. Tasty, Tasty's ready for that. He, sick days. He'll be here <laughs> for that. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel yeah. like I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Do I have any vacation time left? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bevo took it all. Damn, what yeah. happened? Tasty, you're yeah. my uh, you're my anchor on that show. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. So maybe when I like, think about it, you might be right about that. You're the yeah. wind beneath his nuts. <laughs> you know. All right, I'll be there. All right, I think we're done. Don't forget, next week we? there oh, is oh, no oh. Uh, session, uh, but there is plenty of programming coming to you from GABF. We'll be back the following Sunday, Denver, Colorado, <clears throat> and uh, also coming up in October. Like I said, Mufasa will be here. Brand new opening. Of our very own BJ's, uh, very close to us. And listen, BJ's, there's nothing bad about those or that. Uh, yes. You can't go wrong. Am I right, JP? Um, I think the beer was good. Thanks great for, beer, great experience. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, am I missing anything, Chet? We're good. That's going to do it. All right, don't forget to uh, pay attention to our sponsors. They're nice people, and they like attention. Uh, go to their websites. Tell them we sent you. Buy products from them. They're all wonderful, wonderful, beautifully wonderful people. Uh, I am talking about... Also, you can go to the store, and you can buy yourself some merch. There'll be brand-new shirts after GABF. There's still BNA4 gear in there. Get it while it's uh, mediocre and hot-ish. Hot. Lukewarm. Get it while it's lukewarm. Totally hot. And enter uh, those competitions. It's going to run out. Don't forget to enter the Seven Bridge Cooperative Organic Beer and Competition. The Oktoberfest competition from Mad Zymergist. Madzymergist.org. Right. There you go. And Get I think, in there. I think that's it. Do I have anything else to announce? Well, you really creeped it's me out with the Indian voices tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'm traumatized. Oh, Jeb, shut well. the fuck up. Oh, I worked at IBM and they outsourced all that crap. Right. So, like, to get my password changed for, like, our email, all of a sudden they start talking to these people from India. Yeah. And next thing you know, we start getting these emails, the staff. Yeah. And they're talking about, like, people in India, like, women that have never had jobs are going into these jobs and answering phones. Right. And they're all stressed out. They live a really, like, pretty... Regular lifestyle, not a lot of stuff, right? So they start having miscarriages of babies, and like so bad outsource. So I'm a little like freaked out by all this. Oh, I'm outsourcing. Wait till you show. I don't care about all that. (laughs) Wait till you show up the next BN meeting, and it's true story. And just coming be there. All is coming through the speakers is my uh, Indian virtual assistant. (laughs) Well, the world needs less people. First of all, Chad Justin wants you to get back to fucking work. (laughs) (laughs) Those were his words. So we would change your password from (laughs) Balasek eighty nine. To Jimmy Loves Jizz 47. Is that two Z's or only one, Chad? Capital Z or lowercase? Your, your new password, I hope you want to know it. It is no longer suck it tasty. <laughs> it suck me tasty. <laughs> that was the biggest issue, trying to spell things out. Like, yeah. oh, say that again. Yeah, C-R-I-D. Please, one, rep- one, one more. I don't want to translate oh, that well. You all think it's a joke. There's no joke about this. Everything <laughs> is getting outsourced, Good. including my communication with Chad. That's life. He, yeah. I mean, Hello, Chad. Justin wants me to ask how you are doing today. How is your day going? And uh, do you need anything? He is not going to... Don't speak to him when you see him in the living room. Leave him alone. By the way, clean up the dog shit. (laughs) Thank you very much. Oh, and he does like you. He told me to tell you he likes you. Goodbye, Chad. Have a nice day. And uh, you look handsome. (laughs) 
All right, everybody. We'll uh, see you in a couple weeks here in the studio. But justin.tv slash brewing network. That's your key to great yeah. GABF entertainment. And if you sign up for our Twitter account, twitter.com slash brewing network, you'll find out the exact show times as they're happening all week long. Go it to gabf.org, I think it is, uh, to find a full schedule of what we're doing. Everything in the Brewers Pavilion will be broadcast on the Brewing Network. It's hosted by the Brewing Network. So check it out. Right, JP? Facebook. Goodbye, JP. Oh, very nice. Good morning, wine. Chocolate, polar, cherry, stuff. Yeah, you know what I am calling.